0: What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK, live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Monday, November 20th, 2023. and 23, and the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock, recapping everything that happened in the football weekend that was. The Longhorns keep their Big 12 championship and college football playoff hopes alive with a win in Ames, Iowa, The Texas basketball team got the job done at Madison Square Garden, and they will take on the defending national champion UConn Huskies at MSG tonight. We'll talk about both of those. The Dallas Cowboys with an easy win over the Carolina Panthers. The Houston Texans win again. They beat Arizona. We'll talk college football. We'll talk NFL. A ton to get to over the next couple of hours. Thank you for spending some of your Monday morning with us. What's going on, Buck?
1: How are you this morning, BK? I'm doing great, man. It's a great week to be alive, getting ready to go into the Thanksgiving holidays, and you and I have a lot to be thankful for, for sure.
0: Amen. Amen. It is a great week to be alive, a great day to be alive, and yes, a lot to be thankful for uh, this week and every week, but I'm doing all right, broadcasting live from my parents' place in Galveston. I wish we were trying right before we got on the air to uh, Open up the storm shutters behind me, because behind me is the Gulf of Mexico, and it's just a gorgeous view. But unfortunately, the lighting didn't work out, so y'all are stuck staring at my porn stash for another couple of days. There you go. My mom's basically already told me that I don't get turkey on Thursday if I still have this thing. So, you might uh, this might be nearing an end. Unfortunately,
1: is this your way of not not sitting at the little kids' table? You get to sit with the big kids with the stash. <laughs> is that how you do it, or are they just going to put you out there with the with the animals with the pets out in the garage
0: mm, yeah yeah i'll probably have to eat at the neighbor's place if i uh keep this thing rolling but yeah all the kids are going to be scared of me if if i have oh this yeah of
1: course they it. will the, the nephews and nieces they'll be like no no uncle brad's a little scary
0: nobody wants ron jeremy at their thanksgiving no, mobile, do they
1: <laughs> i don't think so good morning to the soldiers at fort Cavazos, texas the soldiers in the state of texas and all those that fight for us each and every day all over this wide, wide world of sports and more. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated to you and your families. Hopefully you'll have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know you probably will not be home with them, but you'll be in their hearts as you are with us each and every day. Thank you very much, and be careful.
0: Amen. Amen. Beautifully said, as always, Buck. All right. A ton to get into. Big-time sports weekend. And a lot of winning was done in and around the state of Texas. We mentioned how the Longhorns got the job done. The Aggies got the job done. Congrats to A&M on a huge win over Abilene Christian. They needed that one. Uh, The Cowboys got the job done. Obviously, the Texans did as well. But we will start with the Texas Longhorns, Buck, who took their talents to Ames, Iowa, and left Jack Stadium with a 26-16 to 16 victory. It was a pretty ugly and unassuming first half. No touchdowns scored in the first 30 minutes. It was a field goal fest for a while. Texas led 6-3 to three at the break behind a couple of Burt Auburn field goals. That guy's been money, by the way. Wow. Um, in the second half, the Longhorns opened things up. Hell, the game opened up a little bit. And Texas was able to jump out to a double-digit lead. It got down to seven a couple of different times, but unlike the last couple of weeks, Texas was able to uh, play well enough in the fourth quarter to preserve the lead and get a massive, massive victory on the road. And Texas is 10-1 and one for the first time since 2009. You talk about having a lot to be thankful for. If you're a Longhorn fan, you've got plenty to be thankful for this season.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was – there were many plays to be had out there, and Texas made most of them. Although the officiating was trying their best not to let Texas make any plays, that was that that's kind of shameful. What I saw on Saturday, I thought that was poorly officiated. I think we kind of figured one of these games was going to be that way, but there's still one to go. Actually, hopefully, two to go that I'm very, very worried for because that 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 was. Thank goodness you had goodness you had the talent. You had the better players in that game and you could overcome some of the things that happened. And then they had to call a couple the other way. They just had to, they were, they were interference. They were guys diving into players. You know, that the punt return was just, that was just sad. That's, 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 that's player and officiating. That's one that the officials should have said, you know what, really, the guy's already gone. He's already to the house. Why am I dropping a flag here? Oh, he barely or,
0: touched that guy, too. He didn't even fall down. I mean, you're right. Like, Keaton Crawford was the guy called for the block in the back. And I got to give you credit. Even though it got called back, you did predict a, a punt return touchdown, and we basically got one. But, yeah, the officials just don't like Texas, and they don't want us to have any fun. So they called a very, very cheeky block in the back. Yeah, and I,
1: thought, and I thought the one on Banks was kind of questionable. I, I mean, you could have called it, but I didn't see him really redirect the guy. I know he had a little bit of jersey, but he didn't have a handful of jersey where he yanked the guy down in a hole. Mm. I mean, he just, and he didn't misdirect him enough, I thought. I mean, I, I just thought some of, the, some of that stuff was unnecessary. The pump return was really unnecessary because the ball had already gone by. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The ball's already by you. That guy's not folding back to make that play at all. There's, there's not a chance he's making that play. But Crawford, there's no reason. I mean, he's got his back to you. I mean, seriously, you can just stop. There's no reason. Don't even extend your hands. Just stop where you are. He can't go through you to get to Xavier Worthy. He's not going through you. And if he has to go around you, he's still not catching up to that dude.
0: No, that guy was out of the play already. With X's speed, there was no chance that dude was uh, going to make the tackle there. And, yeah, Keaton Crawford, it was a small little push, but uh, the officials thought it was enough to warrant that flag. And it just felt like Texas was snake pit in the first half, right? With the two touchdowns called back, you had Xavier Worthy with the fumble. In the red zone on that reverse, Uh, you had the Quinn Ewers intentional grounding call on third down that killed the drive. Like the Longhorns did some good things offensively, but whether it was the officials or just self-inflicted wounds, they couldn't find their way into the end zone. And It was like, oh boy, here we go again. It's 6-3. to It's a close game on the road at Iowa State. Uh, This is the last thing anybody wants, but thankfully in the second half. Yeah, Texas had five possessions in the second half, Buck. They scored on three of them, two touchdowns and a field goal. The last possession was the possession where they ran out the clock and they punted one time. That's pretty damn good. Like basically four productive possessions out of five in the second half. And, uh, well, that's obviously how Texas was able to to run away and and get the win and the cover as well. Yeah, I
1: saw JT Sanders play one of the best games I've seen him play from a blocking standpoint. He didn't have numbers catching the ball. But, boy, was he physical at the point of attack. He had to be for these new runners, and he was. I mean, he was – he was on his guy and stayed on his guy. He did a great job in, uh, in, in not only you know when he had to be the, the lead guy this week because they're still making him the lead guy in some of these motion things where he's the point of contact. I thought he did a fantastic job as a, as a blocking tight end uh, yep. in the game on Saturday. He did, like I said, he didn't have the numbers, but the, he helped out the run game. He was a part of that run game with that offensive line. He really was.
0: Yeah, I thought J.T. Sanders was great, and he was battling an injury, too. He got banged up early in that game and uh, toughed it out. You're right, only two catches for 32 yards in the box score, but uh, he was really, really good blocking. Speaking of good at blocking, how about Jordan Whittington? What a game for him. Oh, yeah. Finally gets into the end zone. First touchdown of the year for Jay Witt. And, dude, that guy's got more heart than Hallmark on Valentine's Day. I mean, he is something else. He was blocking for everybody. He's been doing that all year. He's been doing the little things. Of course, everybody remembers the play in Fort Worth last Saturday where after the Ewers' interception, he came all the way back 50 yards down the field to force the fumble to give Texas the ball back. It was nice to see that guy get rewarded with a touchdown on a beautiful play design. Oh, yeah. From Steve Sarkeesian and Buck. That might have been game number two. It could have been, yeah. Yes. He was awesome. You said it before the year. Sark needs to go out there and win this team a couple of ball games. Uh, we've all agreed that he went and helped Texas get the win in Tuscaloosa back in week two. We've been waiting for that one where Sark just kind of showed his uh, offensive mastery. And boy, I thought, I really thought for all four quarters he was in his bag. Once again, Texas was a little snake bit. Quinn Ewers wasn't great in the first half, he was holding on to the ball a little bit too long. But really, in the second half, once the players kind of upped their game a little bit, you got to see what Sark was calling. I mean, he, had, he was the Midas man. Everything he was touching was turned into gold. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was great, too, on Saturday. You know what? And, and he didn't give up.
1: You know, I mean, uh, like I said, run till you can't. And I, I think they did just that. I think they did a fantastic job running the football. Both the guys, you know, Blue and uh, Cedric Baxter, I thought, ran well for Gas And kind of their debut, really, as guys who were going to be the focal point in the game and I thought they were the focal point I Baxter was I mean he ran hard there was a time when he came out after a tackle he gutted it back up he came back out there I know that hurt that was a low hit yeah. I got him around the, the shin and all that because he kind of limped out of there and I'm like oh no but the the I think the the very next series he was right back in there and making some nice cuts and he played and he ran well through the, in between the tackles I thought and he got to the outside he was a big man with speed he really, really was, and like I said, once he gets that velocity going, that guy's hard at six foot one and some change. Okay, at one, at two, two ten, all right, hmm. at two twenty five, two seventeen. Okay, at two seventeen, I yeah. thought he ran really hard. <laughs> and
0: I thought he made some. He made some plays, and he made
1: some guys miss.
0: Maybe on Friday after uh, Thanksgiving, CJ Baxter will be closer to two twenty five, two thirty. After down, he, all
1: ran, he ran okay. I'll just say he ran big.
0: Oh, he was awesome. I mean, he picked up exactly where Jonathan Brooks left off, and I'll give Sark some credit for this too. They were calling the runs that CJ Baxter was good at. I feel like you saw more outside zone from this. I saw game some
1: counters where he had decisions whether to go inside or bounce outside. Yep, where one time he bounced outside, and then he made the outside guy just a little shake back to the inside for about another six yards. That was a that was quite the run.
0: CJ you Baxter know. vindicated me, Buck. Because I said last week, we're talking about a running back, man. As good as Jonathan Brooks is, we are still talking about a running back. And C.J. Baxter, he's ruining NIL deals for running backs everywhere. Now all these oh, yeah. um, talk of running backs in the NFL are ruining these big money contracts because they're stepping in and doing a great job. Yeah, C.J. Baxter, by looking as good as he did on Saturday. and Obviously, the O-line deserves a, a lot of credit. I thought they played one of their best games of the year, oh, too. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was awesome. I mean, that was our biggest concern. I think that was every Texas fan's biggest concern. Sure. What was the running game going to be without the Doak Walker candidate in Jonathan Brooks? And uh, look, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, C.J. Baxter's better than Jonathan Brooks. But wow. C.J. Baxter showed a little Jonathan Brooks to him on Saturday. That was his best game as a Texas Longhorn. Jaden Blue, statistically not great, but he had a couple of big runs, including the yes, one to did. ice it in the fourth quarter. It was really good to see this Texas running game be as effective as it was, because that was a huge part of why Texas got the duck.
1: Well, they ran the ball when when you knew they were going to run the ball. They still got something out of it. You know, yeah. they, they did. and. And Stark wasn't afraid to run the ball. He said, you know what? No, we still got to run some clock here. We're going to do it. But, boy, the passing game was on. I mean, he, he, he called some plays. The guys were just flat-out open.
0: Yeah, I mean, open. all the touchdowns Texas had through the air, right? The, the Jordan Whittington one. Oh, yeah. On a third one. We actually have to thank the officials for that, by the way, because that play happened on a third down and one. The the play before, it was a horrible spot. I can't remember who ran it, but they clearly got the first down. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the Zebras with their Lord and Savior, Brett Yormark, in attendance, uh, they spotted Texas a yard short. So, obviously, if it's first and ten, Shark ain't calling that play. But it was, you know, it looked like a run, right? It was a run look all the way. Jordan Whittington did a great job faking he like he was yeah, he it. It. Did a tremendous job. And then he was wide open after he – uh you know sold the block and then started running his route up the middle that was great and then you yeah, had the gunner helm touchdown too
2: great just, call
0: oh great call yeah like all the action was going right gunner helm slipped behind the defense to the left he was wide wide open and yeah i mean that sorcerer sark or sark the sorcerer whatever the hell you want to call him he was uh deep in his bag where the fries are at the bottom that's oh the yeah he got it done today. yeah 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 so no the play design was great like that's we obviously want to see more of that from Texas. And you got to do that stuff on the road in hostile environments against good teams. You need your coaches to be there, too. And I thought uh, the Texas coaching staff did, did great things, too. And that
1: defense was fantastic. That, oh. that, that that down seven were fantastic. That secondary is still struggles. I mean, it's just, yeah. it, it's not changing. Their best player had one of his worst games trying to cover guys. I mean, who's
0: that? Ryan Watts?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. he couldn't cover the big tall guy for them.
0: He got called for a garbage pass interference in the first half on Iowa yeah, State. Yeah, those
1: States. guys are hand fighting between each other. It could have gone any way. That, that should have been just left alone right there.
0: Agreed, oh, yeah. He was,
1: he was getting beat off the ball. I thought he'd I, I thought he'd do a poor job getting his hands on – what was his name, Hendricks or mm. – I mean, the tall guy for, the, for, for Iowa State. Oh, Higgins. Higgins. He couldn't get his hands yeah. on him for some reason. He kept beating, beating him on those kind of
0: fades. Yeah, Jaden Higgins, and, seven catches, 104 yards. For yeah, he was pretty good. He's yeah. a good player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Iowa State's a decent team. They've got some solid players, uh, but they punished
1: that three-three-five. That's twice this week. I watched the high school team try to play the three-three-five mm-hmm. on Friday and just get mowed over. Those three down linemen, like I said, were sitting in the laps of the linebackers, and I saw that in this game. That's as you said, the Texas offensive line. They showed a lot of power.
0: Yeah, you know, the Texans really, awesome. really did. Yeah, they were fantastic. I mean, you look at the box score and you see that Quinn Ewers got sacked four times, and you're saying, well, what are you guys talking well, there's about? There's a
1: couple he could have got rid of. I don't know why he held on so late. I'm like, dude, just throw it out of bounds.
0: I think three of the four sacks were on Quinn Ewers. And once again, this goes to his struggles in the first half. He just wasn't well, really in rhythm. I'm really glad
1: you saw sport. that because I'm thinking people are saying, no, yeah. no, no, they didn't hold him out long. I just thought there were a couple that he could just got rid of that ball. They're yeah. coming. Chuck that thing out of bounds, please.
0: And there were guys open, too. It wasn't like, Oh, he just had to throw it away. Like, no, if he was quick and on point from the opening kick, then he wouldn't have even need to, needed to throw it away in those spots. But, yeah, first quarter, Quinn Ewers was 4 of 9 for 49 yards, and he was sacked twice. Both of those sacks, I think, were his fault. But over the last three quarters, 19 of 24 for 232 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, no interceptions. He was really, really good. Isn't it nice having your starting quarterback back?
1: Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. They needed that guy back because he could make some explosive plays for you. And I, I'll just say this. I mean, I don't want to go into officiating too long because I don't – I mean, you just got to get a talent. I mean, it's just
0: – Texas won, so it doesn't feel like sour grapes. We could talk bad about the officials after. I, I just thought
1: – Are you telling me that group on defense, Sweat and Murphy and those guys don't get held? It's just – it's Not possible. Not possible. No, to go through that game and not have a holding penalty on those guys, the way they're penetrating, they're getting to the quarterback, you got to tell me somebody's got a hand pulling somebody down. Right. I mean, yeah. I, it's, I, you can't go through a whole game like that. Those guys are too powerful. They, make, they get loose too quickly for not somebody to j- grab a jersey. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's why I said the, the bank's call. I mean, I, you can see tons of those things on, on, on Texas' interior defensive line, but they don't get those calls.
0: No, and that's been a problem all season long, right? Right. I mean, Sark was complaining about that either last week or the week before. It was the week before. Yeah, the fact that, you know, Tavandre Sweat and Byron Murphy, who are the best, who is the best interior D line tandem in the country, uh, those guys hadn't drawn a single holding penalty this season. And that's absurd. So it wasn't just in Ames, Iowa, where the refs were up to some shady stuff. This has been a problem all year long. And, yeah, I mean, Texas, Iowa State, I think, had four penalties. Texas had seven over the course of the game. But, obviously, Texas's were very, very costly, especially in the first half, taking a couple of touchdowns off the board. But you're right. I mean, it's a joke. Uh, they did call a pass interference against Iowa State, which that also feels like a minor miracle these days. They had to call that one, right? You were zone toilet. Uh, A.D. Mitchell basically got tackled. The Iowa State DB was complaining. It's like, dude, you what are you talking about? You clearly interfered with him. He was probably telling the refs, like, your mark's up there, dude. You're supposed to be helping us. Don't call stuff on us. What are you doing? You got the wrong team, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what jersey I'm wearing? Okay, we're wearing red. They're wearing white. Call stuff on the white team. Uh, yeah, no, the, the officials were bad, but that's – Look, Texas did enough in the second half to kind of take the Zebras out of the game. Sure. I mean, if that game stayed at three points like it was in the first half, then you're just worried that there's going to be that back-breaking call that goes against you late in the fourth quarter that decides the game. But thankfully, that the players and coaches did enough to where yeah, the Zebras, uh, as bad as they were, they didn't dictate the outcome.
1: No, they didn't. They, they just kept Texas from getting into the 30s where they belonged in that football game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Texas's lowest scoring output of the year, but I thought it was honestly one of their better offensive performances. I and, did
2: too, and we I figured. I
0: think, I think you and I uh, both thought you know this was going to be a game played in the twenties.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd say I think twenty-seven seventeen.
0: Yeah, you were very close, right? Twenty-six sixteen was uh, was the final score.
1: No, it was uh, a good. It was a good football game. Just, I, I mean, they just they just left some on the table. They just really right. did, and you know, I mean, you got to fight. You got obviously you got to fight through that, but. They made some really nice explosive plays when they needed to.
0: Yeah, and Iowa go. State we, – we touched on this last week too. Like Iowa State plays slow. You don't have a lot of possessions no. against that defense because Iowa State's one of the slowest offensive teams in college football. So you really have to make the most of every opportunity where you have the football. And that's why in the first half, like when Texas just – missed on a couple of things and you had a couple of penalties and you had that fumble in the red zone. Like that, just, that stuff feels magnified because you know, you're not going to get 15 possessions over right. the ball game. So uh yeah, the fact that Texas was able to do what it did in the second half on just five possessions, was uh, impressive.
1: Well, we know this Texas tech will be coming in here. I don't know if the commissioner will show up. He probably won't show up because he has other engagements, but mm. I'll just say this. Texas is going to see a lot of a running back from Texas Tech. They've got a runner that they're not going to give up on.
0: No. we yeah, find Todd, out if you're ready. Yeah, Todd yeah. Brooks is, is really, really good. And Texas Tech is not that good. Uh, they did get their sixth win of the year, so congrats. The uh, Cheez-It Bowl runs through Lubbock. Way to go, your mark you. Um, they barely beat UCF last week. And, hey or last week on Saturday, and I guess UCF did beat the crap out of Oklahoma State the week before, so uh, maybe Tech deserves a little bit of credit for that one, but uh, yeah, Taj Brooks is that running back you're talking about. Yeah. He leads the country in forced missed tackles. He's good, but we're talking about the best interior defensive line in college football, so. Oh, it's
1: about making them throw, which makes me nervous. That's That's the only thing that makes me nervous is the fact that you know, if you force them to throw, that scares me with this secondary. Maybe not at home, but yeah. yeah, it does. It scares me if it's in the parking lot or if it's in the gymnasium somewhere. It just scares me when people start throwing the football. I just, I, I just don't see enough good things happen.
0: No, I see yeah, a
1: lot of good things happen when you try to run against them.
0: Yeah, I mean, Iowa State had nine rushing yards in this game yes. on Saturday. Uh, way to go, Jared Hufford, you fat ass. Way to, way to call out the Texas defensive line, dude. I mean, I'm sure. Seriously. I'm sure they talked
1: to him at the. I bet you they in the locker room said, "Hey, thanks a lot, buddy." Yeah, and a bunch Those of Texas two guys are like animals in that oh, game.
0: They're so good. Both of them are so so good. They mean, were
1: so physical in that football game.
0: I, under, I under- undersold Byron Murphy, didn't I? I said he would have one sack. I think he had two, and he pushed he,
1: and he pushed the offensive lineman back into the back into the backfield on a few occasions. Yeah, they both did. They were both very aggressive. That that helped out a lot. And um, I thought the linebackers played well. I saw Big 33 once again. Big 33 was out there playing because they were running the ball, so he kind of got from boundary to boundary. They didn't put it – you know, he's not great in pass coverage, but I'll tell you what, when when you try to run against those two guys inside, that's tough sledding in there.
0: Yeah, 33, David Benda, who you're talking about. I thought he had his best game as a Texas Longhorn on Saturday. That guy was all over the place, and like you said, I mean – Look, the D-line's great. They get the push up front, but you need your second unit players to yes. come up and make some tackles. And David Bendo was flying to the football. Uh, really good. He had six tackles, which tied for the team lead. Uh, one and a half TFLs, which also tied for the team lead. Also had a PBU as well. Uh, yeah, he was, he was really, really good for the Longhorns. And um, yeah, Jared Hufford, man. Yikes, he got beat on that big sack that Byron Murphy had that basically iced the game because it forced, uh, forced Iowa State into a 4th and 17. Yeah, Jared Hufford was blocking nobody on that play. I've, I've only gone back and watched it 10 times and just pointed and laughed at that dude. Um, a cool moment, I don't know if you saw this, but I was actually listening uh, to Craig on the radio as I was you know getting to where I was watching the game from our, po- from our pregame show. And the two captains at midfield for Texas, for the coin toss to Andre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Wow. And one of the captains for Iowa State is Jared Hufford. So no. Yep. And Sark said after the game, like, oh, yeah, that was intentional. That was intentional. Oh, of course it was. And a bunch of Longhorn players started tweeting after the game, too. Byron Murphy with uh, an awesome tweet directed to Jared Hufford, who, of course, talked the trash early last week about Texas. Byron Murphy's tweet was, nine yards rushing. That's all. Don't write no check. You can't cash. Little guy.
1: Little guy. He called him little
0: guy. He called yes. him Kyler Murray.
1: No, he called him no. Yeah,
0: he did. He, he didn't did. come into the stadium looking like Kyler Murray for that Not so game. Not
2: fast, midget. Not so fast.
0: That's, that's basically what Byron Murphy tweeted right there. Yeah, wow. he said Jared Hufford showed up like this. Showed up to the game, Jared Hufford, right there before he got in his uni. Wow, walking into Jack Tri Stadium, he doesn't need oh. to go through the turnstile. He just went right under there. That's how you got to give the basketball. He's well, it wasn't small. as dark as we thought it would be there. No, I, that that's the most impressive part of the win. I hope the college football playoff committee realizes that Texas won a game in the dark. Yeah, um, no, and scary. Like, it was scary there too. Yeah, Oregon, Washington, Georgia. Michigan, all the teams ranked ahead of Texas. They didn't have to play in the dark. We had yeah. to play in the dark, and we won. That's a big deal. That should go a long way, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, let's hear from the head coach. Here's uh, Steve Sarkeesian. Of course, he'll meet with the media later today, but this is from postgame Saturday night. Here's the end of uh, Sark's opening statement, just kind of recapping the victory.
3: Two touchdowns called back, and you fumble on the nine-yard line going in, uh, and, you, and you still you know win a football game by 10 points. Um, and possessed it at the end, and we, we were able to run it when they knew we were going to run it. Um, really proud of our guys. And I'm proud of those same three year guys that I keep bringing up that I keep talking about um, because we were here, we were here you know, three years ago, and this was a tough scene. And um, I think that was a moment when the program started to change after that. But that was a long week for us that, that, that year, and that was a tough night to endure. Uh, so to come back, um, kind of on our farewell farewell tour, uh, and uh, and to get some redemption here, uh, is uh, is a big one. So, I'm I'm like I said, I'm happy for the guys, I'm happy for our coaches and and everybody involved. But we're not done yet. You know, we got another big game this Friday, and we need to get back and we need to get as healthy as we can to uh, put our best foot forward to try to uh, secure our opportunity to play in the Big Twelve Championship.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to find out if Baxter is going to be limped up or, or if, if he's all right. As I said, I thought he went back in the game after he got hit, going to the left side there in a low tackle. You know, I didn't know if he – you know, he'd had a foot injury, so I was wondering. But I saw him come back in the game for the last two series, and I thought he looked okay. So that's – that's hopefully that's all it was, was just a shock of the moment when he got hit. And he just yeah. – or they intended to bring him out on, after that play. But he did come out, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. gives you another week with your quarterback getting healthy too.
0: Yeah, it's a short week, of course, with this game coming up on Friday. That's uh, a little bit of a downside here. And Sark didn't give a whole lot of detail in regards to injuries after the game, but he did say everybody who got banged up at Iowa State uh, isn't dealing with anything serious. So, you know, Xavier Worthy obviously finished the game in street clothes. According to Sark, not a big deal. DJ Campbell got hurt in the game. Jatavion Sanders got banged up in the game. You talked about C.J. Baxter getting hurt in the game. Uh, we'll hear more from Sark on the injury front today, of course. But just early diagnosis on Saturday night is it's, it's nothing too bad. But once again, with a short week, hopefully it's nothing that's even bad enough to keep guys out for this game on Friday.
1: Now, when Xavier Worthy got hit and fumbled that ball, did he go down to the ground or was that just a strip? Did he, uh, get, he didn't get the crap knocked out of him. Somebody just stripped the ball, didn't they? I think they someone
0: someone hit the ball like someone okay. hit him on the upper body they either hit the football or hit his arm that uh that caused okay. it to come loose and oh it's frustrating i mean obviously the fumble itself is annoying but christian jones was right there oh, and he went
1: across the top of it his big body went over the top of the ball i don't his, know how that body bounced over the ball
0: yeah he just jelly rolled over the oh, football yeah. there i mean that should have been a recovery for texas but uh you know it's a game of inches and unfortunately it didn't go texas's way there that that was a great drive for the Longhorns. It looked like it was going to end up in points, probably a touchdown. But yeah, that was a, a killer in the first half for sure. Yeah, I was
1: just very happy that the young guys carrying the football didn't have a, a turnover. They secured the ball on contact of players and the ground.
0: Yeah, they did. You yeah. don't want to give you don't want
1: to give those officials when you hit the ground and the ball kind of comes out sometimes and everybody says all oh, it's down. I don't want to give those officials any opportunities to talk to each other.
0: No, 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 no. No, you do not. By the way, I've got to ask a favor of the people this morning. Uh, we are beta testing a new app on the iPhone. We're working on getting it developed for the Android as well. But uh, if you are
1: you asking me because it's, I have an iPhone, you know, I'm a tester. Do you even have our
0: app downloaded? Do you know how to download apps? I have our yeah I have our app downloaded. I'm not talking about Chili's or Applebee's appetizer. No, no, no.
1: The uh, one that says Texas Sports Unfiltered. Yes.
0: Yeah. So we've got an update on the iPhone, and it looks awesome. Like I haven't tweeted this out because I want to make sure everything works. But if you're listening or watching right now, you get uh, the early announcement that we've got a new app update in the App Store. Once again, it's coming to the Androids here pretty soon. But uh, let me know if if it works. If it sounds good, I can test and see how it looks. It looks good. You now have the ability to listen to old episodes of Texas Sports Unfiltered on the app. You get to see the upcoming broadcast schedule on the app. You've got links to all of our social media. There's a link to the text line. Uh, it's really really intuitive and it's it's a major major upgrade over what we had. But I just want to make sure people can people can hear because uh, otherwise it's, there's you know all the stuff looking good is great, but if it doesn't sound good then that's a huge problem so if you're tuned in on the app this morning either app the iphone or the android uh please text in with some feedback 512-222-9328 that's the Coda text line uh let us know how things sound and um yeah we'll we'll keep y'all posted if if things go well then we will have a a new looking app which will be so much better for everybody we're looking forward to that
1: can't wait to talk to ronnie about the the race in vegas this weekend and Max Verstappen, of course, wins again. How I, wonder how his, I wonder how his act was afterwards. Was he still saying this is a clown show, or is he just picking up his check
0: again? No, That guy's a piece of crap, dude. At, at, after the race, after he won for the 400th time in a row, uh, he's like, oh, I love Vegas. I can't wait to come no, back. Did, no, he
1: didn't say that. Did he say, I can't wait to come back again?
0: Yep, that's exactly what he said.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't wait to collect another check. looks like an easy track for me.
0: Yeah, that guy was bitching and moaning about the track and about the
1: drive, man.
0: Oh, yeah. He's awesome. It's not a slight at him. It's just annoying that he wins every single week. Like, the beauty of sport is that you don't know. Who's going to win unless you're a Georgia football fan, then you kind of know you're going to win. But for the most part, in most sports, you don't know who's going to win in uh, Formula One. Yeah, Max Verstappen seemingly wins every single weekend. So uh, it looked cool. Yeah, Chaos Theory will be going on for two hours today. See you got a double dose of Rodney and Wags going from 10 to noon before Trey and BK takes over. So you'll get uh, some F1 talk. Of course, those guys will be talking plenty of football as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. F one went down this weekend. All right, before we get back into Texas football, uh, we've got some Big Twelve championship tiebreaker scenarios we need to keep. Oh give- boy! And I've got, I've got a declaration I've got to make. Okay. About who I want Texas to play in the Big Twelve title game, and we'll do that here in a moment. But uh, let's give some love to uh, some of our phenomenal sponsors, Buck.
1: How about our good friends at Relax the Back, they embrace the holistic approach for a healing. Uh, lifestyle and my back couldn't be happier after over 20 well over 20 years of being with relaxed, the back let me tell you my back feels fantastic i was out there at the truck again shoveling off uh, dirt this uh this weekend and i thought for sure you know a little bit of drizzle out there a little cool weather that i was going to have a pain but dude i sat in my chair yesterday and watched games and my back feels fantastic this morning and yours will too If you've got problems with your back or you've just got some thoracic back pain or some lumbar pain, please get over to relax the back. They've got everything that you need, of course. They've got those uh, zero-gravity recliners. They've got all the Tempur-Pedic mattresses and pillows just for you. And obviously, as we come closer to the holidays, they're going to have some great sales that you need to be a part of. Now, as I said, I've been doing it for over 20 years. Let me tell you something. Your first or your second time in one of those chairs, you're going to know the difference of how your back feels. Two great locations in B. Cave at the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Back.
0: Yeah, I'm in a much nicer chair down at my parents' place. Oh, of course
1: you are. Look at that.
0: I don't know if this is a Relax the Back purchase. It's probably
1: the not. Goes all the way, that one goes all the way up to your neck.
2: That yeah,
0: it's, I think it's a gaming chair. It's like my sister's gaming chair, but I guess she uses it for homework and stuff. But yeah, this thing is... I can fall asleep in this thing, man. I know.
1: Isn't it nice to have a, your your whole body, especially your back here, feeling good? Yeah. I'm all scrunched it. down like Easy. I do in my couch.
0: Ah. Uh. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Relax the Back. Shout out to our great friends at 7-Eleven as well. I got gas on my drive down to Galveston yesterday at 7-Eleven. Of course, they've Did got gas. Did you
1: have gas go. yourself on the way down there? You haven't been feeling well.
0: Uh, nah, stomach's been fine. It's just, I still sound nasally. I'm sure everybody can tell. Probably didn't need that announcement, but uh, shout out to 7-Eleven. Went in there and got a couple of snacks as well. Love those folks. There's 7-Elevens all over the great state of Texas. They've got fuel for your car, but more importantly, they've got fuel for you. On your way to work, you need some coffee they've got it. You need a five-hour energy, they've got it. Those energy drinks, the Monsters, the Red Bulls, all that stuff. Of course, the great snacks. They've got donuts in the morning, too. Mm-hmm. The pizza, the rollers, the hot dogs. Uh, God, that's all part of a balanced breakfast, I think is what they say. Uh, shout out to Seven Eleven.
1: And a big shout out to our good friends at Woods Comfort System. 60, 60 years of service, over 60 years of service. And tomorrow, maybe a little bit cooler. That heater may jump on for you and you want that thing all cleaned out and ready to go. And if you haven't done that yet, which you should, because we are in November, I'll let you know when winter comes, but let's get that done in November. There's a lot of things you need to get done before the new year or when winter hits and to get that, to get that heating system all cleaned out, get those ducts all cleaned out, got to have that done. And Woods comfort systems? Well, they'll get it done. And it doesn't matter whether it's heating whether it's air conditioning and now even plumbing. If you've got a plumbing problem, they're there for you love those folks
0: woods comfort systems.com that is the website be sure to uh, check them out yeah the best hvac and plumbing services that you can find all throughout central texas as the buck mentioned they've been around for 60 years give them a call 512-842-5066 all right shout out to everybody who uh, is texting in for the most part the app feedback has been very good this morning one person says the audio is a little bit low so we'll work on that uh but thank you for letting me know that uh It's coming through, loud and clear. Once again, you Android users, y'all should be getting the update at some point this week. I guess Google Play taking a little bit longer. All right, Buck. So, look, I think every Texas fan knows the number one scenario for Texas to get to the Big 12 championship game. It is as simple as win and you're in. If the Longhorns beat Texas Tech, they will be playing in Jerry World on December 2nd for the Big 12 title. Doesn't matter if they win that game by 100. It doesn't matter if they win that game by one. A win is a win is a win in the eyes of the Big 12. If Texas takes care of business against uh, Little Brother on Friday, then the Longhorns will be playing. In Jerry World, there are a couple of scenarios. I'm not even going to mention these, but there are a couple of scenarios that if Texas does lose, they could get to Jerry World, and maybe later this week we'll talk about that. But uh, I'm focused on Texas winning. The Longhorns are 13 and a half point favorites right now against Texas Tech. The game's in Austin. Uh, hopefully, the Longhorns can uh, handle their business. And I will say this, Buck: you know, a lot of fans across the conference have been complaining about the Big 12 tiebreaker rules. Texas is kind of getting screwed by these, right? Like, if they didn't change the rules, I think Texas would have already clinched a spot in the game. Could have been in the game, yes. But they changed the rules. And I think that's a good thing. Like, it's just more motivation for Texas, you know? Like, it's it's kind of a rivalry game. Uh, anyways, it's senior. Your own little Jared. Night. It's senior night. Right, and and you're still trying to play for a playoff spot. So even if Texas had already clinched a spot in the title game, there would still be plenty to play for, and you sure. would love to think Texas was going to be motivated already. But uh, no, now the fact that you, know, you haven't clinched a spot in your Big 12 championship, and the number one goal for your team this year was to win the Big 12 championship, I think that that basically ensures that there won't be any sort of letdown or slip up from the Horns. No,
2: oh
1: no, 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 it'll it, it'll be the Horns will have to defeat themselves, I believe, in this game in order to lose that game yeah. they'll, have to, they'll have to self-destruct on friday in order to not get into the championship
0: yep i'm with you on that so uh there's that but yeah the, the opponent for texas so that hasn't been decided yet right once again it's win and you're in for texas it's also win and you're in for oklahoma state so they are in the driver's seat right now uh, oklahoma state hosts byu on saturday And BYU gave Oklahoma some fits in Provo. Yes, they did. But Oklahoma State, I think, opened up as a 17-point favorite uh, at home. So if OSU just takes care of its business, it's not going to matter what anybody else in the conference does. The Pokes will be playing, uh, or the NFL Pokes play, at Jerry World. If Oklahoma State loses, Oklahoma is next up. OU plays on Friday. They actually play Friday morning against TCU in Norman. So if OU wins and Oklahoma State loses on Saturday, then we'll get the rematch that I think most Longhorn fans have been begging for since early October. And then there's also a scenario where K-State can get in. K-State needs to win. They need both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State to lose. So in order of likelihood, it's Oklahoma State, OU, Kansas State. Uh, But all three of those teams are in play for Texas uh, in the Big 12 championship game. And I think, Buck, most Longhorn fans want to play OU again. Yes. Right? The shot at revenge for what happened at the State Fair in early October. I don't want to play OU. I'd rather play somebody else.
1: I'd rather play Oklahoma State and make sure that Ollie Gordon gets hooked up pretty good. I'd rather play. Believe in their, I don't believe enough in their offense without with the exception of that guy running the football.
0: See, I think I think most Texas fans want OU. And I, I don't want Oklahoma State because I'm worried about Oklahoma. Like I'd I feel great about Texas's chances to beat OU. I've said that literally since I walked out of the cotton bowl that if these two teams play again, I would win right. Texas to win, and I'd feel confident in Texas winning. So um, and look, in the eyes of the college football playoff committee, it's probably best if Texas gets to play Oklahoma. Because, well, they'll have a chance to avenge their only loss, right? And I think the OU's better than Oklahoma State. OU's better than Kansas State. So I think in the eyes of the College Football Playoff Committee, which probably should be priority number one for every Texas fan right now, uh, you should want to get OU part two. But here's why I want to play Oklahoma State. Texas has been on this Big 12 farewell tour this year, right? That's what we've called it. And the Longhorns have beaten every Big 12 opponent that they won't see again. Yes, right. Obviously, look will get to play Oklahoma for years to come because OU's joining the SEC with us. So we'll have plenty of opportunities to take care of them. But on this Big 12 farewell tour, Texas has handled its business against all of the teams that they won't see after 2023, and it has been effing glorious. Now, there are obviously 10 teams in this conference before this year, nine if you don't include Texas. Texas only played seven of those teams this year. The other team that they did not play is West Virginia. Well, Texas beat West Virginia last year. So they've got bragging rights against yeah. the Mountaineers, And they've got bragging rights against – got to beat Tech this week, obviously. But if they beat Tech, they'll have bragging rights against all of the other teams in the conference except one, and that's Oklahoma State. Because they did not play Oklahoma State during the regular season. And right. course, Texas lost in Stillwater last year. So as of right now, the final matchup between Texas and OSU – Went the pokes way, and I don't like that one single bit. Wow. The chance to be able to give the Tom Herman double bird to every team that's staying in the mid-12 after this year would be glorious. So I want Oklahoma State just for the fact that Texas can claim that they won every single game against every single Big 12 team on the way out the door en route to the conference championship.
1: I want the championship. Who's best to play? What do you mean? Well, who's easiest to play, or who's yeah? I think who's easiest to play is Oklahoma. <laughs> I think that's also Oklahoma. I don't want to see that little lefty quarterback, though. A little concussed lefty running around the place again. Dylan I Don't Gabriel want to see him. No, thank yeah. you.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't know. Would you, would you pick Texas to win that game, or would you pick Oklahoma to beat Texas if they played again?
1: Oh, I don't know. Really, I don't know. It, it all depends on how Dylan Gabriel goes the next week. Yeah, that's 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 big. If that guy's still swaying around and not finding his way, he took a big hit. His head did slam pretty good. He went to a a little bit.
0: Yeah. And Dylan Gabriel has a history of concussions, too. Yeah, that's
1: the thing. He does have a history of concussions. So I it'll be interesting to see what they do with him this week. Oh, they're going to play him.
0: I don't know I mean it's a short week for Oklahoma once again true. you're right they play Friday morning now they they you may not
1: be allowed to play
0: oh yeah he's got to go through all the protocols and whatnot um they they probably can beat TCU at home with Jackson Arnold their backup but you know the OU offense didn't look that good in the second half in Provo they won that game because they had a hundred yard pick six Uh, that that was the difference there so uh, yeah
1: TCU felt pretty good about themselves last week after playing Texas they went right out and Went wild this week. So
0: who'd they play?
1: Um, Baylor. Oh, that's right. You mean the team will be looking for a new coach this year,
0: dude? Even Texas blew Baylor out. That's how bad Baylor is. Texas hardly blows anybody out. We blew Baylor out. They suck. And also, yeah,
1: they'll be looking for a new leader there.
0: Yeah, yeah, new, yeah, yeah, new captain. Yeah, new captain. So that's uh, that's where I'm at, man. Like once again, I look. I, I would love the opportunity to play Oklahoma again because. I feel confident that Texas would win, and
1: I like it. it. Just gives Gundy another chance to be on national TV, and we know how he is when he plays nationally televised games.
0: Yep. At like yeah. eleven in the morning, proof. I want to I beat the Mullet Man one final time. And look, oh, he's, yeah. he's kind of had Texas as number two, so it'd be cool to to get the last laugh against. Uh, mother of children.
1: Yeah, that mother of children would have. You don't think the officials would be on his side? Oh. Texas on the way out. How about that in a championship game? Would you just hate to see that? You know which group you're going to have calling that game too.
0: You're going to get it this week, even though it's a home game. You're oh gonna yeah, you're
1: going to get it this week.
0: And then if you win this week and you're playing next week, you're going to get it next week too. So
1: you're, you're <laughs> definitely getting it at home. You're not this home field advantage on Friday is not working like it's not going to work like you think it is. You got to expect the officials to call such ticky tack stuff against you as as a Longhorn fan. It's coming this week. It happened last week, too. It happened in that football game. Yeah,
0: that was garbage, dude. The officiating in the first half. That was the biggest story of the first half of that football game. And once again, Texas played well enough over the final 30 minutes to where they kind of took the game out of the Zebras' hands. But – uh, yeah, the refs were a big factor, and Texas also had some self-inflicted mistakes, too, and the combination of those things made the first half very frustrating to watch, honestly. I mean, Texas had a lead going into recess, but it was 6-3. to three. The Longhorns didn't get into the end zone, uh, and it was just yeah, annoying to, to watch that thing unfold the way that it did, and I think there were a lot of Longhorn fans a little nervous at halftime on Saturday, but once again, the Longhorns stepped up on offense. The defense continued to play really well outside of... So a couple of big plays, right? Uh, the fourth and one was was painful where Iowa State had that little pop pass to the tight end Easton. Oh deep. yeah. It was just wide open. I mean, that was obviously a breakdown. Somebody didn't do their job. That guy was supposed to be accounted for, but
1: uh Quinn Yours uh intentional grounding. Uh it was grounding, wasn't it?
0: Uh yeah, yeah, I think that was fun. Um yeah. It was no, in I, the pocket. Yeah, that, that call was okay. Uh You know, it wasn't as bad as some of the other calls in the first half. It wasn't as bad as the grounding call in the Michigan-Maryland game. That was a freaking joke. Not that Maryland was going to win that game anyways, but that's an annoying way to have that game basically come to an end.
1: You know what? It's been very, very nice so far this morning. We're almost an hour into it that you haven't mentioned my big plays of the weekend.
0: I was trying to be nice. You know, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm Thank thankful, you so much. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your family. Thank uh, you very
1: much. Only I, thing I need right now are my Coke Fest uh, refund. If I can get my <laughs> refund, I, that's all I need from this point on. If I, if I can get my Coke Fest ticket refund, which, oh no, <laughs> I don't, I, it's not in the mail yet. Come on now.
0: Uh, I'm not sure you're going to be getting that anytime soon.
1: Yeah. I, I
0: doubt it. Mm, that's hilarious. Oh man. Hey, yeah, you did lose 15,000 more units over the weekend. So uh, literally all of, cowboys, all of our listeners and viewers are now homeless. I mean, forget just, you know, needing to buy Christmas and Hanukkah gifts for their family. Uh, they, they I saved 5,000. I saved them 5,000, though. Yeah. yeah, you did. You had four 5,000-unit plays. So 20,000 units were on the line. And you went one and three. You did have the Dallas Cowboys covering the 10-and-a-half against Carolina. And boy, Carolina is just horrible. I mean, that game, look, it was 17-10 to 10 early in the third quarter. It was like, uh-oh. You know, I never thought the Cowboys were going to lose, but it's like, all right, yeah, the Buck might lose. And because the Buck has 5,000 units on this game, uh, the Cowboys probably won't cover. But then Dallas turned it on. Dak was incredible again. Deron Bland, his fourth pick six of the season which ties the NFL record, and there's still seven games left. I know. Like that's uh, it's absurd. That guy's having a very good year, but uh, it's just a random piece of trivia for the future, the fact that Deron Bland has tied that record, and hopefully he gets the chance. Well, he will get the chance. Hopefully he does break it in these final couple of months. Uh, but, yeah, your other three 5,000-unit plays, you had Michigan covering 19 against Maryland. Wow. They did not. They won by seven. You had James Madison covering – half 10, 10 and a half? Eleven. Eleven against Appalachian State. Not only did James Madison not cover, but they lost outright. Way to go and there, you know, Dolly Madison. Yeah, way to go there, Dolly Parton. I know she was at the Tennessee game. She that did didn't help. help. No, 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 no. Uh She needs more work done. Maybe that would help. Um, And then you had a parlay also, which was very bold of you. Very, but,
1: very, no, very bold of me is right. You had
0: those three games. That you had individual bets on, you also turned it into a parlay, which means you lost that one as well. So yeah, one in three, you're down fifteen thousand more units, which means on the year, you are now down thirty one thousand.
1: <laughs> that makes that makes for quite the comeback, I'll
0: tell you that. Uh, oh, you're running out of time, dude. I'm the Friday guy this week. Okay, please don't bet on Texas.
1: No, I'm never going to do that. I. <laughs> I didn't put that in jeopardy this weekend. I was like, oh no. You've been shaking in your boots with six to three lead. I mean, really. Yeah. How yeah. about your guy Bert Auburn though? How, How about that he?
0: that amazing kicker? He's made 14 field goals in a row. And Remember, some bombs too. I mean, people were ready to make a move at kicker. I mean, I was uh, not a game <laughs> away from making a move at kicker. Uh, but he, he kicked well in the Oklahoma game. And then boy, since the bye week, he has been perfect. It's been awesome. He's been a weapon for this Texas team, and they needed those
1: 49-yard, 50-yard field goals. Wow,
0: had a 50-yarder, and obviously uh, it wasn't the dagger, but the fourth-quarter field goal that gave Texas a two-possession lead. Yes. And, you know, if he misses that one, Iowa State gets the ball back with decent field position. They're only down by seven. The crowd is very amped up. The lights
1: are finally on. Everything's working in their favor.
0: Yeah, and uh, boy, that could have been scary, scary. But Bert Auburn, man, cool. Place.
1: Scare cool is the, there, Jared.
0: Yeah, cool as the other side of the pillow, as uh, the late great Stuart Scott would say. He was uh, magnificent. And that guy's a weapon, man. He is now a weapon for this Texas team. And uh, Sark is taking the points. Everybody was bashing Sark early this year for not taking the points you got to give them some credit. for.
1: That's how you win games right there. That's how you get to a championship right there.
0: Especially in a game like that, right? I oh, think for every, sure. Those points Texas matter. It. Yeah, it was going to be a low-scoring game with the way Iowa State plays defense, hell, with the way Texas plays defense. You figured it'd be a pretty low-scoring affair. So every point was going to be premium. And, uh, yeah, Burt Auburn just being really good. Sideshow Burt, the hair was flowing on Saturday, even if it was pitch black in that game. That's right. You he could still steady. see that hair. You could still see that hair. That. <laughs> <laughs> you know that deal. Uh, shout out to Rube's, by the way. Yeah, if you're watching this morning, number one, thank you. Number two, please hit the like button on YouTube. It uh, it helps the channel grow. We appreciate you guys uh, coming by this week. We will be doing shows until Wednesday. There you uh, go. Right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. So, you know, hopefully, y'all are getting some time off of work. We'll, of course, be off on Thursday, but we'll be doing pre- and post-game on Friday. Of course, before and after the game, more details on where our pregame show will be coming up later this week. But uh, yeah, we'll have live local content right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered for the next few days. So if you need a break from uh, the craziness that goes into Thanksgiving week, uh, come spend some time with us on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Okay, uh, some more shout-outs to some more sponsors. We'll get back into Texas football. We've got Texas basketball. we got to hit more on the Cowboys and Texans and more other college and NFL football. But uh, first, some love to some of the folks who make this possible.
1: How about our good friends at Covert out here in BK? They've been doing it since 1909. The Covert family has been serving Central Texas, uh, selling cars, trucks, and SUVs. There's a Covert Ford and Chevy in Hutto. We're out that way just uh, just on uh, Thursday, as a matter of fact. Covert Ford and Lincoln right here in Austin. And, of course, in beautiful B Caves, they got 42 acres of unbelievable products. Seven brands, Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, of course. And, folks, that place is absolutely filled with cars, trucks, and SUVs. There is inventory everywhere out there in Beef Cave. It really, really is. I want to thank those folks thank for what they've done for us during this football season. We know we've had our pregame game shows out there, of course, and, of course, our Friday meet and greets. There will not be a Friday meet and greet this Friday. We understand what's going on. We will be out and about somewhere for you on Friday. But you've got to love the Covert family. Hey, Mama needs a new car for Christmas. Because, well, if you're taking Bucks picks, by the time Christmas comes, you'll be able to buy two of those trucks out there. You'll be able to buy that Sierra, that GMC Sierra for Mom for Christmas, as a matter of fact. And go to covertbk.com to find out more information on the weekly of course, the weekly sales that they have out there at Covert BK. Say hello to Dan Covert. Say hello to Mike out there, General Mandra, Stacy, Jerome, the whole gang. And nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now,
0: not ever. If you've been listening to Bucky's picks, you might have to steal a car from Covert BK. <laughs> you, you sure as hell can't afford to buy new pre I'm an
1: NFL guy. I'm starting to figure that out. I'm an NFL guy. Go uh, Cowboys.
0: You get what? Won- Jimmy Johnson
1: into the ring finally. Okay.
0: Hey, that was really cool. Yeah, the Cowboys finally made the announcement that uh, Jimmy Johnson, two-time Super Bowl winning coach, will be inducted into the Cowboys' ring of honor later this season. Long, long overdue. But a cool moment. And glad Jerry finally put his ego to the side and uh, made the call to make that happen. Stephen right.
1: made, you know Stephen made that call.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Stephen told Jerry to make the call. Jerry had to be the one on the phone, right? No,
1: Stephen called.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, who knows? Uh, hey, we've got Monday Night Football tonight. If you want, since you are an NFL guy, apparently. Yes. I will give you the opportunity to put any amount of units on this Super Bowl 57 rematch. It's Philadelphia at Kansas City.
1: I'll take 5,000 units on the Philadelphia Eagles from whence I was born, from my city of my birth.
0: 5,000 units.
1: 5,000 easy units to start you out for the week. Wow. By the end of the week. We'll erase our debts. It'll all be gone. <laughs> you're
0: going you're to go up 31,000 units this week?
1: Yeah, easily.
0: Easily, okay. All right, the Eagles are plus two and a half, so you're getting a couple of points. Philly on the road at Kansas City. What a game. My God. Monday Night no. football. This is as good as it gets right here. Uh, the 8-1 Eagles, the 7-2 Chiefs, you are taking Philly plus 2.5 for 5,000 units. Yes. Uh, congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs on another victory over Philadelphia. Good
1: job, Patrick Mahomes. You just keep on winning, huh? Thanks to me.
0: Thanks to you. Well, I don't know if he needs you, but uh, you're the Jared Hufford of – Oh, man. Jared the, with two R's? The Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Yep. Let's uh, let's hear from Sark, and I promise we'll get to some of the other stuff, but um, – Here's Sark talking about the defensive line. I mean, the Texas D-line has been awesome all year long, but they held Iowa State to nine wow. rushing yards. Wow. Nine over the course of a four-quarter game. I mean, you can't do much better than that. They're, uh, and if you take the sacks out, right, because you do have sack yardage included Yes, in those stats, uh, the 16 running back runs that Iowa State had on Saturday – Went for 28 yards. Their longest run was six yards, 1.7 yards a carry on traditional running back runs, and way less than that if you include the uh, sack yardage as well. You, I mean, you can't dominate a game anymore if you're a defensive line. Here's Steve Sarkeesian after the game on Saturday talking about those big boys up front.
3: First of all, I don't know why you'd ever call them out. I, I'd be the last thing I would do if I was getting ready to play us, but that that was that was their. Their choice to uh, to call them out and to call out our culture, quite frankly, that's how we took it. And so I thought our players did a nice job of staying focused on what we needed to do. and particularly those two guys, you know, they they went into the game and focused on what they needed to do, uh, and that was dominate the line of scrimmage, the interior of the line of scrimmage, and that allowed everybody else to play. And I, it allowed our backers to play over the top of things. Um, you know, again, when you look at our three leading tacklers in the game. Anthony Hill, David Benda, Jalen Ford, you know, 18 tackles with those three guys means they're not getting blocked and they're able to go make plays. So as much as they impacted the D-line at the line of scrimmage to make plays, they also freed up guys to make plays. And so um, those guys continue to show up. They, they just are and not only great players, they're great leaders. These, these guys are, you know, Tamandre Sweat, Byron Murphy. Um, you go in that locker room. That, that's their locker room, you know, and, and uh, they, they follow the messaging that, that we try to provide. And so as much as they are the players, who they are as leaders.
0: Great call. Yeah, I mean, how about the start of that, right? And all of us were saying the same thing, you know. Look, trash talk, you got to be able to back it up. Doesn't matter who you talk trash about, if you're going to open up your mouth uh you better play well.
1: Yeah, I would pick on somebody I think I could beat every once in a while. You yeah. know?
0: If 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 an Iowa State wide receiver was like, yeah, that secondary's not that good. Okay, I'd understand. Yeah. And hey, oh, maybe the secondary is more juiced up. Okay, well, they're still not going to be that good. <laughs> That's right. But you're talking about <clears throat> two of the best <throat> defensive players in the country, regardless of position. I mean, I, I think I saw C B in the YouTube comment line earlier today say that Devondre Sweat is the best defensive player in the country. He's in that conversation. And Byron Murphy's not too far behind him either. To talk trash to those dudes? I mean, what the hell are you thinking, right? Like, that is absurd. So, every Iowa State person who came on Texas Sports Unfiltered last week basically said that, yeah, Matt Campbell, probably not a fan of Jared Hufford calling out Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy like that. And uh, well, yeah, sure enough, Hufford looks like an idiot because he and that whole Iowa State O line got pushed around on Saturday.
1: They did. They were they they really got dominated. They that and that started at the very beginning of the game.
0: It did. Yeah, it and really it did. carried
1: out. And you would think there's you know there's always that little lull or you know for the for this defense it's been that first couple of series in a game at home. It didn't happen. They got stuffed. They it really really stopped. did. By the way, they didn't have a great runner either. I'll say yeah,
0: that. No, the run game hasn't been great this year. No. Um, Abu Sama is a guy that I raved about a little bit last week. He's a true freshman. I think he yeah. will be very, very good. And he's they not like
1: plays. a freshman.
0: But, yeah, no, that's – I mean, everyone runs like a freshman against this Texas D-line. Like, if Texas played Georgia or Michigan, which I hope they do because that means they'll be in the playoff, sure. um, I'll be worried about a lot. I don't think I'll be that worried about the Texas D-line going up against any offensive line. Now, most offensive lines in the playoff are better than what Iowa State brought to the table on Saturday, but I just feel that good about this D-line. Like I, I think they can hang with any offensive line in the country. I really believe that.
1: Yeah, and that offensive line for Iowa State wasn't all that either. That 3-3-5 was getting mashed.
0: The D-line for Iowa State?
1: Yeah, they took a, they took a little bit of a mashing there.
0: Yeah, they did. They did. Texas had some success uh, running the football, especially if you take the Quinn Ewers sack numbers out of the game. Uh, C.J. Baxter averaged basically six yards a carry. Uh, The Xavier-worthy reverse worked pretty well before he fumbled, but he had 16 yards on that one. And then the, uh, the running backs were used pretty well In the uh, passing game. How about nine combined catches for James? Oh, yeah, that
1: was great. That was great to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you figured Texas was going to have to be a little bit more creative running the football without Jonathan Brooks and give Sark and Kyle Flood and the rest of the offensive coaching staff a lot of credit because, uh, yeah, even without one of the best runners in the nation, they were able to uh, be effective on the ground.
1: The the Texters pride themselves on playing some pretty good defense. They think their defensive line is as good as it was last year, which it is not. Now when you yeah. had a first-round draft pick gone, you're not as good as you were last year on the defensive line. But they talk about it as being as good as they, as they were.
0: Well, let's hear from uh, the Texas Tech head coach here talking about this game. Here is the Tech head coach with a little preview of Texas and Texas Tech.
1: Candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was
4: a big deal for us, and I think all of you. Okay? And Coach – I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving, okay? And you better take
5: care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year.
1: Oh, that got to be played all day, all night. You're talking about, you know, some of that stuff, and when you say it's on a real and and where the kids are at the, at the complex over there going to practice, that's
0: got to be the one right there. Mm-hmm.
1: That's yeah. from the commissioner himself of your
0: conference. You knew. I wasn't going to forget that. Wow. And you know the Texas coaches and players haven't forgotten about that. And like you said, that needs to be blaring in the locker room all week long. Uh, that and then the Big 12 runs through Lubbock from Oh yeah, Joey McGuire. McGuire yeah. You need those two things playing all week long, getting ready for this game on Now Friday. I need
1: Chris Del Conte to understand he needs to send a preempt strike before these officials get to this town. mm. And just – and you've got to – and Sark has got to take some of that film that he saw and send that to the – well, I don't even know if you, he needs to send it back. He's not going to get the benefit of the doubt. No. But if, I'm the, if I'm the athletic director, I'm about to let them know, don't come here and screw us on our way to trying to get to a championship game.
0: Oh, it's happening. It's happening. It, oh, yeah, it is happening. You just need Texas to take care of business. I mean, if Texas doesn't shoot itself in the foot, they're going to win this game by two touchdowns plus. Uh, and Vegas is telling you Texas should win this game by around two touchdowns. The line is 30. So, but yeah, no, if, if this game is close, I mean, early, obviously the game starts 0 0, so it will be close early. Uh, there are going to be some calls like we saw on Saturday night where it's like the fix is in. The fix is in. So, your mark was obviously at Iowa State on Saturday. And he says he'll be here. He said before the year that he's going to be in Austin this Friday. Trey has predicted that he will magically get COVID at some point this week, so he won't be able to attend the Black Friday game here. Uh, I don't know if that means Trey is going to infect him himself with COVID.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah. gross. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Brett Yormark, the, uh, the fearless leader of the Texas Tech Red Raiders football program. There. <laughs> Amazing. He's their guy.
1: He's their guy.
0: Oh, God. I, I want to beat those fools. Man, 14 is not going to be enough. Like, style points obviously matter. And it sucks because nobody ranked ahead of Texas lost again, right? Like well, style State. points will matter this Friday because you yeah. want
1: to win. You want to win by one. No, I want to win by 21.
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to win by ugly. I want to wow. make
1: it ugly for them.
0: Oh, my God. But, yeah, you know, Oregon State didn't help you. They can help you this weekend, but they didn't help you because Washington beat them. Uh, Florida State won against North Alabama. Now, Jordan Travis got hurt, which oh. if you saw that, oh, my God, sorry for bringing that up if you didn't see that maybe don't watch it because it is ugly. No. Uh, you feel for the young man. Uh, but, you know, from a playoff standpoint, that maybe helps Texas. I mean, look, if Florida State wins its last two games, they play at Florida and they've got the ACC title game against Louisville. If they win those with their backup quarterback, sorry, they're going to make the playoff like, and they should make the playoff. They'll be 13 and 0 yes. uh, in the ACC. Like they'll be it. Obviously, their chances of winning these last two games, you would think, go down without Jordan Travis. And you're going to
1: see Clemson now, right? Correct?
0: No, 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 no. Uh, Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Clemson, Clemson's been horrible this year. What are you talking about? Clemson well, game and beat
1: the Fighting Mac Browns this
0: week. They did. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're used to seeing Clemson in the ACC championship game. It is a big deal that they're not there. But uh, no, both teams have already clinched their spot. Louisville by beating Miami on Saturday in a great game. That was a very entertaining 11 a.m. game there. Uh, They're in, and Florida State obviously is in as well. Um, So there you go. So, uh, But Florida State won, Michigan won, Ohio State won, Georgia won, Oregon won. Yeah, the six teams ranked ahead of the Longhorns all keep winning, which is very annoying because there are only two weeks left for us to get the chaos that we need to elevate Texas into the playoff. Now, the good news is one of Ohio State or Michigan's going to lose because they play each other on Saturday. Um, Oregon and Washington will play each other in the Pac-12 championship game, which could knock somebody out. Uh, but, you know, if neither team loses and it's undefeated Washington against one loss, Oregon, the winner of that game is probably going to be in the playoff. So.
1: Alabama-Georgia in the championship.
0: Alabama-Georgia in the championship, yeah. Uh, that's in a couple of weeks, too. Um, but Florida State, yeah, Florida State, I think, is your, you know, the, the most likely team to lose because you could get Georgia, you could get Michigan, you could get Pac-12 winner, and you could get Texas. That's if Florida State loses, and that's if Georgia beats Alabama. So that, that I think, is the most likely scenario for Texas to get in. Obviously, if the Longhorns don't win these last two games, uh, none of this matters. But no. we've been saying this for a month and a half. People have gotten mad at us. Why are you guys talking about the playoff? It's too early. Stop talking about the play. They're taking care of business, ladies and gents. Yes. They're not done yet. Once again, they still have two games they have to win, but it's pretty cool that we are 11 games into the year and we can still have reasonable conversations about the Texas Longhorns being in the Final Four. Well, I
1: definitely am am on this Big 12 deal on the way out. This has been – this is, you know, they've got 10 wins. I thought 10 wins was going to do it for them. But, you know, if they can get that 11th win and get into that championship – get into that championship, there's no reason why they can't win that championship. They're better than the teams that they play, even Agreed. without their star running back right now.
0: Agreed. And, yeah, look, I, I I had Texas winning the Big 12 title before the year, but I had Texas finishing 9-3 and three during the regular season. Yeah. So this conference is a little bit better than I originally thought. Um, and, yeah, even with 10 wins right now, Texas still has yet to clinch a spot That's right. in the conference championship game. So, uh, yeah, they're going to need that 11th win. Uh, to uh, to guarantee that they'll have a chance to win this conference on the way out the door. Okay, let's uh, let's get into some NFL here in a moment. But before we do that, Buck? How about my
1: friend, Dr. Greg Eckert? For you folks out there, November's coming to an end, and if you got your dental insurance, it is time to use it or you're going to lose it. Now, Dr. Eckert has an all-star professional group that do general dentistry and the most advanced work. Now, folks, I had my teeth restored these beauties in just two visits with the good doctor had some temporaries in for about two weeks. And then I went and I got the shade I wanted to, I got the size of the teeth that I wanted to. And I got the smile that when I hit my selfies, that's right. Because I have a iPhone. This is an iPhone. See this one? Not what very new. It's not 15. It's not the iPhone 15. It's like the, what is it? Like the 12? My wife's going to tell me, no dude, that's like the nine or something.
0: Do you still have the little circular button on the bottom? I do. Okay. Well, that's old. Might be what like an iPhone 10? Well, I, let
1: me let me just tell you, Doctor Record, is. At, it's an iPhone 10 I have. Because I how have is that
0: thing. Oh, here, watch out for the ring lady coming what? out of your TV screen to kill you right now. Is that the monster? This is this is an iPhone 11. Wow. And I don't have the little uh, home button on the bottom, so I think that means you've Dang. got 10 or something even. I think older seven. I think I got seven. That'd be impressive if it still works. Let me tell you.
1: Still got the Blackberry in here, brand new, in the, in the, in the desk drawer. It's sitting right beside Derek Jeter.
0: Yeah. Sure. And got folks, Dr. Greg
1: Dugger's telephone number is 512-345-3166. Find out if you're a candidate for dental implants. He will turn that frown upside down in just one visit. You'll go in maybe with a frown. You'll leave with a big old smile. And if you need IV sedations because you're scared and you're worried about all the buzzing and everything else that goes on at the dentist's office, Dr. Eckert will get that done because you've got to take care of your dental health because it's important to your general health for sure. He's done over 1,400 cases of restoring teeth, over 28 years in the business. He's absolutely the very best. As I said, if you want to smile in just two visits, you got to see this guy for sure. If you want to take care of general dentistry, extraction, teeth cleaning, teeth whitening, Dr. Eckert is the guy for you. In the new year, he'll be taking on new patients. But if you need to make an appointment, now is the time. We're starting to get to that latter part of the year, you get into December. Believe me, his schedule will be absolutely packed. 512-345-3166. He's our dentist. Should be yours also.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Doc U. And also shout out to our man, Tom McKay at AV consultations. How about a word from our buddy, Tom?
3: Hi, this is Tom McKay with audio visual consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD Surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com.
0: Oh, yeah. We've got a new holiday commercial coming up. From coming up. Audiovisual Consultations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get ready for that. Uh, holiday season is basically upon us, man, with Thanksgiving week being here. Shout out to AV Consultations, and shout out to our friends at Sentextickets.com as well. If you're trying to be at DKR this Friday to watch the Longhorns hopefully clinch a spot in the conference championship game, there's only one place to get your tickets. That is Sentextickets.com. They've got great seats. They've got cheap seats. They've got everything in between. If you want to be in the building this Friday, Sentextickets.com. Of course, it's not just Texas football. Oh, no. They've got the everything. They
1: the theater. If you want to go to the theater, you want to go to concerts, they've got it. Oh, you want to get out to Vegas, get into the big sphere out there and see what's going on there? Shelby's got tickets for that, too.
0: Oh, they you got the sphere? One oh, wow.
1: yeah. The big eyeball. That Absolutely.
0: Creepy as hell, but it looks no, no. So awesome. I feel like I'm going to have an aneurysm when I go in there, but I think it's going to be worth it. Uh, yeah, all the sports, all the concerts, all the Broadway shows – Everything—it's all there at your fingertips. Just go to tickets dot com.
1: Ready for those basketball tickets because that's just around the corner, also.
0: Texas hoops. Oh yeah, it's already here, baby. We'll get to them in a second. Love it. Uh, thank God they won because I would have had some. The way you were
1: talking last week—if they did
0: not win—I'm st- I'm still mad. I'm still mad. I, I got to remember that they won, and that's all that matters. But. Uh, Louisville sucks that game should not have been close they played really well I'll give them credit and they were making it felt like every three that they took uh but the NFL but I'll uh, we'll start with the Cowboys and we'll go to the Texans and maybe some of the other big storylines from around the league the Cowboys ran away from Carolina in the second half they ran They're, over them yeah 33 to 10 the final score there uh the Cowboys led 17 to 3 at recess but Relatively late in the third quarter, the Panthers scored a touchdown to make it 17-10. to It's like, okay, this is a lot closer than any Cowboys fan wants. But then uh, in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys turned it on, and they were able to rest Dak Prescott and a bunch of the other starters down the stretch. They got a couple of great offensive drives they put together. Deron Bland had a big pick six off of Bryce Young, and the Cowboys ultimately were able to coast to a 23-point victory. The Dallas
1: Cowboys are still looking to beat the spread every week. Because they're not running out the clock. I love it. I, yep. I love the way they get after it. Three minutes left in the game, they're still throwing bombs down the sideline. God, they've what done that. Do? What the hell minutes. is that? I love
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Cooper Rush got in and he was throwing bombs too, right? It wasn't just that. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You're not going to see any Cowboy run and fall down at the two-yard line and run the clock out. No, them dudes are going in the end zone. They want points.
0: Yeah, three of the last four games, the Cowboys have uh, been putting it on teams. The, the one game that they didn't was the game that they lost in Philadelphia, but uh, they beat the hell out of the Rams. They beat the hell out of the Giants last week, and then, uh, yeah, they once again, a strong fourth quarter, and they didn't really call off the dogs no. once they had that game in hand. So, yeah, if your cousin's been putting some money on the Cowboys in recent weeks, uh, your cousin has been doing okay. And another chance for Dallas to beat up on an inferior team. They've got the Commanders on Turkey Day. Washington's 4 and 7. They lost to the Giants again. They got, they got swept hammered by the Giants. They got swept by the Giants. The Giants have three wins this year. Two of them have come against the commies, dude. Yeah, Danny DeVito
1: beat the hell out of them. Yeah,
0: DeVito looked good, man. He was slinging footballs around like through three touchdown passes. Like he slings the sandwiches at Jersey Mice.
1: Come on there, DeVito. Living with your mom and dad.
0: Yeah. So, Dallas, uh, they were a 10.5 point favorite in Carolina. They're an 11 point favorite. This Thursday against Washington. Of course, that game is in Arlington. Uh, but yeah, hopefully the Cowboys can win that one. And they've got two games before the Eagles come to town. The Cowboys actually have three straight home games coming up, which is pretty rare.
2: Not a uh,
1: surprise at that, that line, too, BK. It was only like 12 points. Which one? The, Cow- the Cowboys against Carolina. 10 that and a half. Light. I, thought, I thought that thing was going to be
0: 14 at least. Well, if you got. 12, you got to call your cousin because he needs some better lines. It was 10 and a half, dude.
1: No, my, my cousin is not very good at lines. It was 12.
0: You need a new guy. And I still did uh, it. Yeah, uh, still wasn't enough, right? The 23-point margin for Dallas. Uh, but yeah, the Commanders, the Seahawks, and the Eagles, three straight home games. The Cowboys have the longest active home winning streak in football. It's been a long time since they lost at AT&T. Uh, you'd like to think the Commies won't give them too much of a scare. No. Seattle's a decent team at 6-4. and four. Uh, and obviously, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now, record-wise, at 8-1. and one. So there will be some tests for Dallas here in the next few weeks. But uh, they're 7-3 and three right now. They are in a very, very good spot. And obviously, they want to win the division. And if they do that, they'll have a chance to maybe be the top seed in the NFC. But they've got to win these next two weeks. And obviously, they've got to beat Philadelphia. Uh, that game three weeks from now is going to be absolutely massive for the Cowboys. But Dak keeps playing well, man. And, and Tony Pollard got it going a little bit, too. Like- he did talked about it a lot the Cowboys run game hasn't been great Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was phenomenal yesterday but Tony Pollard did have a nice long touchdown run where he broke a couple of tackles we haven't seen a lot of that from him this year it was good to see uh, him do that yesterday
1: yeah it was good to see uh, your Texans get a win and find a way to win that game I mean this is a young team that's finding ways to win really tough ball games you know your quarterback throws three picks still throws for over 300 yards and, and just comes to the podium afterwards and said, I'm not going to quit slinging the ball. I'm yeah. throwing, and if I think I can get it in the window, I'm going to get it in there. He believes he's great. He's playing great right now. Yeah. He can't keep having three interception games, but, man, when he throws it, he threw some great passes in that football game.
0: Yeah, he was awesome in the first half. I think he had oh 200, 250 yards passing in the first half, which meant he was on pace for 500 500- against Arizona, but I uh, yeah, did throw three picks in the second half. And it, it almost felt like the Texans were trying to find ways to lose yes. that game yesterday. Cause they had Arizona beat, but they just kept giving the little guy a bunch of chances and credit the Texans defense, dude. Like Sark, Sark talks about this a lot with the Longhorns that his team is versatile and they can win games in multiple ways. And I think we've seen that over the course of the Longhorn season, you're kind of seeing that from the Texans too. Yes. Like, there have been games where the defense doesn't show up the Tampa Bay game where C.J. Stroud has to put the team on his back and the offense has to basically carry the team to a victory. And then you've got a game like yesterday to where and the offense scores 21 points against a team that has two wins on the year. They turn it over a lot. Uh, they're not crisp, especially in the second half, but the defense holds Arizona to just 16. They get the oh, big yeah. turnover on downs to ice the game late. They forced a couple of turnovers themselves, and uh, they got the win. So that's, that's what good teams do. And the Texans are a good football team right now. They're six and four. They host Jacksonville this weekend. It's a big game. If they win, they'll be in first place in the division. The because Jacksonville seven and three, Houston six and four. The Texans already beat the Jags once this year, um, and if they beat them again, they'll obviously have the same record. But they'll have the tiebreaker. No, so, they're not.
1: They haven't been afraid of them even when they didn't play well.
0: No, you're right. That's yeah, the Texans. Record. I think they've yeah. won like ten of the last eleven or something like that against Jacksonville. Like you said, even when Houston's been horrible, and they have been horrible over the last three seasons, uh, they have had Jacksonville's number. So uh, the Jags opened up as a one-point favorite in that game. Curious to see how that line moves over the course of the week. But, man, the Texans, I'm happy for their fans, man. Uh, They've waited a while for for a winner. And, look, I don't think the Texans are Super Bowl contenders by any stretch right now, but they would be in the playoffs if the year ended today. They and look think,
1: like a pain in their you know what to play against so oh
0: that's and, and most Texans fans I think were just like asking to be in the mix right can we be in the mix later in the year and 10 games in not only are they in the mix, in the mix once again they are in the playoffs so this is uh this is cool man and it just goes to show you I know I've said this a couple of times so sorry for saying it again but when you get the head coach right and when you get the quarterback right oh yeah your fortunes can turn pretty quickly in this league. And the Texans got the head coach right, D'Amico Ryans. Everybody wanted to hire this dude this offseason. Texans were able to get him. He's been magnificent. And obviously, C.J. Stroud has looked really, really good. Did have a, a rough second half yesterday, but come on, that doesn't take away from what he's done over the course of his rookie year. Uh, a lot to be excited about if you're a Texans fan. And if they can find a win this week, they're going to be in the driver's seat to win the AFC wow. South, which is incredible, uh, incredible, incredible, incredible.
1: By the way, that's going to make D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year.
0: Yeah, I, he, he'd have my vote right now. You know, a lot of people would say Dan Campbell, and he's doing a good job with the Lions, uh, who, boy, they they escaped with the win against yes, Chicago.
1: Where they, they looked bad in the first half.
0: That would have been a bad, bad loss for them at home against the Bears. But uh, they found a way to get it done. Late, uh, late touchdown and a two-point conversion. And, you know, the Bears still suck. They always have and they always will. So no surprise that uh, they coughed that lead up. But, yeah, Detroit, Dan Campbell's in the mix. But if I had to vote, I'd give it to uh, D'Amico Ryans right now. Uh, other headlines from around the NFL, Buck, anything uh, stand out to you that you want to touch on from yesterday?
1: Well, I mean, I watched that game last night, Denver and the Vikings. I thought my Vikings would get that win. Oh. they they just kind of gave it away last night.
0: And what happened there? They were
1: on a little bit of a roll. You know, they and let Russell Wilson, you know, Russell Wilson was just getting hammered in that first half. He couldn't get any anything off, you know, they were kicking a bunch of field goals.
2: Yeah.
1: And they let him loose in the second half, but the Vikings, you know, they are the Vikings. They are who they how we thought they were.
0: Yeah, it sucks when you can't get anything off. That's a huge problem. And Yeah, I didn't watch this. I was listening uh, to some of it on the radio as I was driving to Galveston, but uh, my sister was watching, and she's like, oh, Chris Collinsworth was talking like Josh Dobbs was Patrick Mahomes in the first half. Oh, yeah. And then he came back down to earth, and, well, you're –
2: Minnesota!
0: Viking. There you go. That's my Viking. Six and five. Yeah, that one hurts because they win that game. They're seven and four. Uh, They're feeling really, really good about making the playoffs, even though Kirk Cousins is not there. And I'm gonna check the standings real quick. Yeah, Minnesota's still the seventh seed right now in the NFC, so it's not like they're done by, by any stretch, oh, no. but that would have been a, a nice win for them to uh, bolster their postseason chances, but they coughed it up against the Denver Broncos, who are five they're, and five.
1: Yeah, and the brownies the Browns got a nice win over Pittsburgh. Brownies can you, can you call them that? But the Brownies? Yeah. Sure I can.
0: Okay. The yeah, football,
1: they got they got a nice win.
0: Yep. Pittsburgh. Yeah,
1: Pittsburgh and little hands, no, they, uh, they, got, they got nothing going offensively. They're gonna, they're gonna have to. The Canada guy's gonna have to go.
0: You know, Somebody, somebody's,
1: uh, gonna, somebody's gonna be the scapegoat of what they do offensively.
0: That guy should have gotten fired uh, three years ago, and I don't even know if he had that job three years ago. But he, he still should have been fired three years ago. Uh, the Steelers have been outgained in every game this season. How about that! They're six and four. That's amazing that they have anything close to a winning record. Despite that defense, that stat, yeah, the defense is great. Uh, I mean, they held Cleveland to thirteen points. You should win every week at any yes. level of football if you hold your opponent to thirteen. Uh, but yeah, the offense is terrible. Yeah, tiny hands, Kenny Pickett is is not good, and that's the problem. Like the Steelers are kind of in purgatory right now, and as a Steelers hater, I love it. You know, they're they're not good enough. I know they've made the playoffs sometimes in recent years, but they haven't won anything in the playoffs when they've gotten there. But this year, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs.
1: The quarterback's just not good
0: enough. Yeah, they're not good enough to seriously compete, but they're not bad enough to get a high draft pick to where they can draft a quarterback who can seriously compete. Like, the best-case scenario for Pittsburgh right now would be to lose the rest of their games and draft, I don't know if, you know, they've already won six, so they wouldn't get Caleb Williams or Drake May. But draft, I don't know, Penix or uh, McCarthy or a Sharpman or whoever. Art, yeah, you're right. Like That thats that would be the best scenario for them. But they're going to probably win nine games and finish with a winning record because that's what they do under Mike Tomlin all the time. But, yeah, they are in purgatory right now. It's, uh, it's a rough spot for Steelers fans. And yeah, Cleveland, they keep winning. No Deshaun Watson. Uh, DTR, the former UCLA kid, Dorian Thompson Robinson, he didn't play great.
1: He brought them back in the final drive. I can't believe that.
0: But he got it. let that Cleveland. rookie do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, only 165 yards, 3.8 yards per attempt. It, it wasn't good uh, against a very good Steelers defense. But I think Cleveland has three last-second wins this year right now. So Lady Luck has been on the uh, the Browns' side this year. And that's a 7-3 football team. They, let me ask they, you about the,
1: one, one of the college teams that that is just – surprised me and i didn't know how they'd get that good that quick is arizona i mean i know Utah does uh-huh. doesn't have their quarterback and cam rising's coming sounds like cam rising's coming back for a 15th year
0: yeah 15th he, announced it, he announced it uh at some point over the weekend that how, be that guy just keep to, how do you just college is great yeah covid year i had that deal covid year man oh man and he's had like a couple of medical red shirts too uh um, it's got
1: to be at least seven years for him
0: well, let's see. When was he at Texas? 20? for a year. 19? 18? I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, next year will either be year five or six for for Cam Rising. Good, good for him. Like He's a good player. Easy kid to root for. He's coming to the Big 12. That's bad news if you're a Big 12 fan because Utah That's is always good. But, uh, yeah, with Rising coming back, they're going to be a problem again next season. So we obviously won't have to deal with that. But uh, the other schools that are still in this – Mid conference. And
1: this Arizona team is starting to play some really good football.
0: Dude, Arizona's a top 10 team in the country right now. Uh, they've got three losses. They were ranked 17 before they beat the hell out of UCLA or UCLA of um, Utah. Thank you, Utah. You literally just said that. We were just talking about them for two minutes. Um, yeah, Arizona's, they've been really, really good lately. They've won one, two, three, four, five games in a row. And the only loss that they've had in a while was a three-overtime loss to USC, and that was when USC was actually playing good football. Right. Um, They only lost to Washington by seven. They beat Oregon State. They beat Washington State by a ton. They beat UCLA by a ton. They beat Utah by a ton. Uh, Arizona, I I don't know how many people could name more than, like, one player on their team, if anybody could even name one player on their team. But they're doing a good job. And has Chip Uh, Kelly, did he keep his job? They're also going to the Big 12 next year, too. Um, yeah, no word on Chip Kelly getting fired yet. Uh, they beat USC, which it was weird, right? We, we all thought that was weird. They basically said after the USC game, Chip Kelly's getting fired. And you and I are like, well, what happens if he wins the USC game? The yeah, if he wins the game. And they did by 18. So nothing official yet in regards to uh, Chip Kelly's status at UCLA. But you huh. know, once, once a report like that comes out, there's no coming back, right? He's he's no, done. Generally it
1: just ha It will happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll let him coach their last game against Cal. But in between that and the bowl game, you would you would think he's he's cooked, which that's an interesting move. I know UCLA hasn't been great with Chip Kelly, but uh, they've got eight wins, I think. They've right been now. better he's, with Chip
1: Kelly. Yeah, than they were he before better. he got there. They've been they were terrible.
0: Yeah, they've got that five star quarterback, Dante Moore, the true freshman who, you know, Chip Kelly brought him in. It was a big recruiting win for the Bruins. And you would think that they would give Chip Kelly, who's obviously an offensive coach, more opportunity to work with Dante Moore to, you know, develop him. And sure felt like there was a a relatively bright future out there in uh, Los Angeles. But uh, yeah, no, no official word on, on Chip Kelly, whether or not he gets the ax. All right, we'll get uh, into some more college football. Of course, we'll get back into the Longhorns. We'll also talk Texas basketball here in a moment. But, Bucky, how about uh, our friends at Texas Orthopedics?
1: Yeah, if you're seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, contact Texas Orthopedics, the folks there. Their physicians offer, of course, surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. While you're there, say hello to Dr. Christopher Danny and Christopher Stockton. They're dedicated orthopedic surgeons, and their goal is to get you back into good health, of course, and that great quality of life that you deserve. Texas Orthopedic is the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. For more information, go to TXOrtho.com. That's TXOrtho.com.
0: Yes, TXOrtho.com. Many thanks to them for partnering with us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And also, how about a recorded spot for our buddy Steve and the team At... Pest Wranglers.
5: Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name.
3: But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five star reviews.
5: But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well,
3: once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company.
5: I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest
3: Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are
5: you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512 670 7808, or find us on the web at Pest wranglers.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Pest Wranglers. Also, shout out to Altstad Beer. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, that's my responsibility for Thanksgiving. I brought the beer. Got a few six packs ready for Turkey Day this week. Everyone's gonna love me. Everyone already does love me. Come on, what's not to love? But when you show up to your Thanksgiving lunch and or dinner with Altstad Beer, everyone's gonna love you too. It's the best beer that there is. It's easy to find. All throughout the state of texas h e b specs total wine, twin liquors, wherever you go to get your beer uh thirty four wine and spirits will give them some love too, Of course, they've got your altstat beer, so many different brews. you can bring a few different types of six packs, so everybody at the dinner table is going to be satisfied, and you're spending all this time with your family. You might need a couple of cold ones. altstat beer is fantastic. There are no preservatives. There are no additives. So, you know, you're, you're eating a bunch of crap this week. You can at least feel good about drinking a clean beer. There's also the Altstat Light, which hardly has any calories but still tastes great. Uh, that's the stuff, man. I'm telling you. Get ready maybe for Monday Night Football tonight, but, of course, for Turkey Day on Thursday and all the football and food that you're going to be consuming. Make sure you have some Altstat beer. No impurities. No regrets.
1: You know, I wish I had some Olipop, too. I've got to get some Olipop for this week coming up towards the end of the week for, cause I'm going to be eating some junk now. I'm not messing around. <laughs> I'm about to Push my face into a thing of gravy and mashed potatoes. Like the kid on a Christmas story. Yeah. I get after some mashed potatoes. There you go. And I can't wait to have that, but I need some Olipop to go to get everything down into my gullet. You know, I'm, I've been seeing a lot of doctors. I've been peeing in a bucket for the last 24 hours. What? You know, to get that deal is not, I've got to, I've got to get this urine sample. Generally, you know, you you know, you just pee in the little jar there in the bathroom at the doctor's. He said, I need a 24 hour sample from you. I'm like, what? 24 hours. I started yesterday afternoon. I'm not done until three o'clock this afternoon. But all my urine goes into a urinary container. <laughs> it's, I call it big red. It's big red. And well, it, it's, on, is and it it's red? on ice, man. It's on ice. Your pee is red? No, it goes into a red container. So okay. I,
0: and it's and it's on ice. But do you have a big red label on it? And you're hoping someone drinks it.
1: No, dude. The container is red. And anytime I had to use, if I got up last night, of course, twice, I had to go and go and I had to remind myself, oh, don't take a right. Got to take a left and go into the other bathroom. And <laughs>
0: you got you, a whole, you have a whole bucket full of piss in your
1: place. It's not a bucket. It's in a. It's in a. It's a <laughs> it's not in a bucket. Oh, it's out of a cooler that's iced down. I had to keep it cool. What you got ice in there? What are you? A trough? I'm trying. You know I want to be in that ice, don't you? So you a Trough
0: at your no. place right now? Oh my god, it's great. Golden Goose on South Lamar or Ridley We gotta
1: get that to the doctor this afternoon. How are you gonna transport that? In my cooler. It's in a cooler. I just don't want anybody bump into me. It can't be shaking the cooler around.
0: Okay, the container's got a lid on it.
1: Got a lid on it. It's in the it's in the in the in the cooler,
0: in a plastic bag filled with ice. Dude, please offer that to a homeless guy. And-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's some lemonade, my
2: friend.
0: <laughs> it's so nice. Uh, uh,
2: oh no. Yeah, no, you're, no, you're doing no. all this
0: work with the homeless this week. You're bringing I them food do on Thursday. Thursday. morning. I'm hitting the
1: streets on Thursday. Yeah, so
0: give, give them something to drink, too. No,
1: no. i get them some Olipop. That's what I need to bring. I'm going to Costco here to get the rest of the goods. Bring it to Olipop. You know, so I'm giving them a tangerine, yeah. a sandwich, cookies, and maybe a bag of chips. How's that? Oh,
0: that's a great bit. And uh, some of your own drink.
1: <laughs> some of my own... Special Bucky lemonade. Oh my no, God. I'm not
0: doing that. No, <laughs> They heard
1: about bum rap. Might as well give it to him, huh? Ah, oh, so 24
0: hours. Yes. Are you still in the process of doing that, or are you yeah, done?
1: Anytime I go, I, I can't go to the toilet. I have to go into the bucket.
0: Oh. Not the bucket. It's a pistolette. Dude, give that to give that to one of your buddies. Give that to one of the Texas cheaters or something.
1: I just wanted you to hold this for me. Can yeah, you no, hold you, this
0: for? me? Have a drink, please. Drink no, it out of the bucket. It's very good. Hold
1: it. Hold this for me. I gotta pee. Hold this for me. But it's, I have to pee. It's oh, lemon
0: lime olipop. You can't Pop. waste
1: any of it. It has all go in
0: there. Oh well, shout out to Olipop. That stuff tastes great, unlike whatever Bucky and I are talking <laughs> about right now. Great tasting soda. That's good for you. Hey, you might need some digestive help this week yes. with what you're eating for
1: sure, for sure
0: nine grams of fiber in every can of olipop only two to five grams of sugar in every can and uh you talk about being the life of the party how about showing up with some olipop people are gonna love this stuff oh my god I had a couple buddies text me over the weekend telling me that they tried olipop for the first time and they're hooked it's great tasting soda that's actually good for you it makes no sense i don't know how it works because every other healthy thing that i've eaten or drinking in my life has been horrible uh, this stuff tastes great. it tastes like the soda that I love, and once again, it is good for you like it 's not not bad for you it 's actually good for you, yes, fantastic what Olipop has done our man c b says blue santa needs volunteers we 're going to be out there amongst the people yes, on the what the sixteenth
1: sixteenth of December, we will be walking the lines we 'll be doing a show out there,
0: yeah, looking forward to that and uh yeah if you if you can help man there 's going to be all sorts of volunteer opportunities around central texas that uh, we'll try to tell you about and we'll obviously try to do our part to give back to the community as well but uh, yeah blue santa a great cause that uh bucky you've been a part of for a long long time i was a part of it when i lived in austin for the first time and uh, excited to be a part of it once again so yeah should be fun hope to see uh, a bunch of you dropping off those toys on december 16th the
1: day before winter
0: oh so it's going to be like what 80 degrees on that day could be it could be, but it won't. Uh, okay. But it won't be cold, according to you.
1: No, winter will be the next day, the 17th.
0: All right. Calling on
1: winter will be the
0: 17th. Even though it starts the 21st, you're putting in the call for four days early. I don't know how you come to that conclusion. It's not me who came to the conclusion, it's the, the people who are in charge. Who? The captain? Is it the <laughs> captain again? I have my captain headset here. Yes, it's you weird. do. <laughs> uh, we're traveling at an altitude of 40,000 feet today. Really?
1: Who made you the captain? Um, Why can't you just be the lieutenant?
0: Please uh, keep your nut cheese intact. (laughs) Fly here. Thank you very much. Oh, my Uh, goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we'll see what the weather is like. But looking forward to that. Yeah. uh, Sign up for uh, Blue Santa. Be a
1: volunteer for sure.
0: Yeah, it's a fun, man. It's a really, really fun and rewarding experience. Um, so we'd love to see all of you out there. Yeah, plus if you're volunteering, you'll get to hang out with us for a little bit.
1: I love I love the lines when you go down the lines and the cars are there to pick up the, the gift cards. And 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 they bring their kids. Their kids are giving to other kids during the course of that day. They get to see what it's like to for some kids that don't have the kind of fortunes that they have. They go and drop off toys and different things to different homes. And that, that is a, that's a great thing that's, that's happened for a lot of years here in Central Texas. Blue Santa. Like I said, they got Blue Santa. They got Brown Santa. You know, I tried to be the Black Santa, but I get I get said at the mall. No, no, Mister Godbolt, I don't think so. Mm. I did yeah. get to be the Black Santa over at the East Side three years ago. I did get that job, but
0: well, I'm sure I've the been, kids really thought you were Santa Claus, huh? You look just like.
1: Wait, I got look. I got this
0: going on, you know. But you've like one one hundredth of Santa Claus's beard, and you have zero one hundredths of Santa Claus's skin color. But see, what what
1: is that? Why does it see? That's the one. That's the one that I always get. That's why I can't get the gig.
0: I can't get the gig at, also, the mall also at the You're also like half the size of Santa Claus. Oh, they can fluff you up. I mean, they can. They're they got fluffers there. Oh, with the, what James Harden's got his fat suit ready that you could borrow.
1: <laughs> yes, but once again, you know, I've I've tried to go every year to the Hill Country. Or not the Hill Country. Uh, what's the one? The White Mall there by West Lake there.
0: Oh, Barton Creek.
1: Barton Creek. I've been turned down because the guy goes, I don't know if the kids are going to want to sit on your lap there, bro, Santa. You bro, know? Santa, Santa, bra. Come on, bra. No, oh,
0: thank you, uh, not your job. You blacks. can be
1: one of the little elves. I'm like, no, that's not the job I want. No, I man. want to be Santa.
0: Hey. I love it. I love it. We'll see if we can get you a Santa Claus gig at uh, at some point. No, no, we'll... I'm
1: done. No, no, I'm not complaining anymore. I'm I'm done. That's all. That's over with. Oh, Okay. I complained about yesteryear, but no, I don't want the gig. I mm-hmm. I don't want kids on my lap now.
0: Uh, I I just got a text on uh, My personal text line two one. Now I'm not giving out that number. Uh, is the buck bringing the lemonade and baked potatoes for Thanksgiving?
1: <laughs> oh, <this year? laughs> Oh, that would be great. That's a two-for-one right there.
0: Oh, gross. That that was actually – that was Jeff Howe who texted that in. I'm sure he's cool with me mentioning his name on that. That's fantastic.
1: Great job.
0: That is fantastic. Uh, Speaking of fantastic, how about the shot Max Acemis hit with .4 seconds left at the Garden? I mean, hitting the game winner is always – that team? Hitting the game winner is always cool, but hitting one at the Garden, at the Mecca one of the most historic basketball venues in the world. That's even more special. Uh, if you didn't know who Max Asmus was before yesterday, you sure as hell know who he is now. Uh, didn't have a great offensive day, but when it mattered most, a tough fadeaway jumper with a hand right in his face to give Texas the win, 81-80, to 80, the final score at the Satva Empire Classic. I still don't know what the hell that company does, but the Longhorns get a win, and they avoid... Well, it would have been a catastrophic loss, man. I mean, you know, you see Louisville and you're thinking, oh, what do you mean, Okay, Louisville's always good. That's a basketball program with a ton of history and a ton of pageantry, and uh, it's a big brand in the sport. How could that be a bad loss? Louisville last year, I think, won four or five games, and they lost to Chattanooga early this year. They almost lost to a D2 team in a scrimmage right before the season started. Oh, yeah. They beat UMBC, yes, that UMBC by one point in their season opener. Like they're bad, they're really, really bad. And if Max Asemus doesn't hit that shot, we're talking about a catastrophic loss for the Longhorns. And the big man played well, huh? Oh, Caden Shedrick, yeah, it was uh, the transfer showed up and showed out. And obviously, there are a bunch of them for Texas this year. But Caden Shedrick, the big man from Virginia, who I wasn't sure he was going to be healthy by the start of the season uh he's been healthy and he has been really really good a career high 27 points for him he's not known as an
1: offensive guy huh
0: no but that's why he transferred right he was at Virginia and Virginia doesn't offense well under Tony Bennett I mean they're known for stifling defense and Caden Shedrick was a really really good defensive big man for them for a few years but hell it feels like Virginia only scores uh like 30 points a game and Caden Shedrick damn near had 30 points himself yesterday uh yeah 27 points in 27 minutes for him also had wow. seven boards and three steals as well he was a freaking beast shot 11 of 15 from the floor of course a lot of those were uh, short range shots and dunks but he was fantastic and then yeah max ace with uh, 14 points second on the team and scoring well not a great day shooting the ball for him but uh, hit the biggest shot of the game when it mattered the most that was great to see and man louisville played well like that's that's the best game i've seen louisville play under three years Pitt, their second year head coach their guards it's probably my biggest concern for texas this year and something that i think will rear its ugly head a couple of times throughout the season uh texas for as good as the guards are offensively they're not great defensively they're not big and they're not big no no like max ace uh, is very small. Tyrese Hunter is very small, and neither of those guys would ever be classified as great on ball defenders. So, uh, yeah, Louisville's backcourt had a lot of success. Those guys were hitting some tough shots, too. Uh, give those dudes some credit. Sky Clark and Trey White were magnificent, each of them scored 20 for the Cardinals yesterday. Uh, but yeah, no, that's like you know, people are going to forget how close Texas won this game when you're looking at the NCAA tournament resume. And hopefully we're past the point as a program to where we're not worried about what's going to happen on selection Sunday in terms of whether or not Texas gets in or not. Uh, But you're talking about seed lines and and a loss to Louisville. If they're anywhere as close to as bad as they were last year, maybe they're not, but I still don't think they're going to be a tournament team this year. Uh, A loss to Louisville would have fallen under the bad loss category on the resume. There's no bad win category on the resume. It's it's good wins and it's bad losses. That's right. Lost to Louisville probably falls into that bad loss area. Uh, thankfully, yeah, Max Aseman's played hero, and Texas got the win, and now they get to play UConn tonight. So, you know, big step up in competition from anybody that Texas has played through these first four games of the season. Of course, UConn's the defending champs. Uh, we they got a seen...
1: nice team. I saw them play over the weekend, too. Yeah,
0: we should have seen this game last year in Houston in the Final Four, and I'm not going to ever forget that. I don't hold grudges. I just don't forget about anybody who wronged me. And the officials in the Elite Eight game wronged me. They wronged all of us. I'm still mad at them for that. But I was hoping we would got this game last year in Houston in the Final Four. We didn't. Uh, we get it here at Madison Square Garden tonight, 6 o'clock. It's on ESPNU. So hopefully you have that channel hopefully my parents have that channel good night uh, but yeah a, a real test of texas's metal i don't expect the longhorns to win this game uh, especially without Dylan dissu who is still out but man if texas if texas plays well obviously if they find a win you talk about quality wins that's oh, yeah. a very quality win but if they can uh, if they can go you know basket for basket and keep this game together uh, for 40 minutes tonight, make this one interesting down the stretch, then I'll feel a lot better. And I think everyone will feel a lot better about uh, this basketball program. Yeah,
1: UConn's got a lot of big, tall ball handlers out front. And their center comes out. He plays, you know, at the top of the key. He shoots three-point shots. They got a lot of guys that can shoot, just yeah. flat-out shoot, and they're big.
0: Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, they lost a lot from uh from the championship team, but they still brought some really, really good players back. Alex Caravan is oh, solid. Oh, Caraban can play now. Tristan Newton, who's from El Paso. He's from somewhere in Texas, and it's somewhere relatively obscure. I think he's an El Paso kid. Uh he's really good. The big man Klingon is a problem. Uh yeah, that team, that team's awesome. They're number four in the country. They beat Indiana by twenty, like you said over the weekend yesterday and like indiana solid i mean they're, oh, yeah. they're not you know bobby knight indiana rest in peace if people miss that guy but uh yeah no they they beat the crap out of indiana yesterday so uconn is tough once again i, I don't think texas has to win that game but if texas can uh, play well for 40 minutes without doing the who might be this team's best player that's a, a step in the right direction i think for this longhorn basketball program but yeah thank god they got it done yesterday because that That would have uh, been a problem. What did I say last week? Losing to Louisville yesterday would have been worse than any Texas football loss to Kansas in the last decade. Um, Maybe a tad extreme, but uh, thank God. Thank God they got that one done. So Texas-UConn tonight, once again. Great opportunity
1: for the Longhorns
0: tonight. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, Um, we'll wrap up with some Texas football conversation, of course. We spent most of the first hour talking Texas football, but for the folks who joined us late, we'll get back into the Longhorns. Uh, By the way, speaking of Texas football, because Texas football won in Ames on Saturday night, uh, later this week, we're going to be giving away a $150 Cabo Bob's Catering Gift Certificate.
1: Randomizer, getting it done again.
0: Oh, yeah. So be uh, on the lookout and on the listen out for that. Shout out to our great friends at Cabo Bob's. And also shout out to our great friends at Great Blue Heron Furniture. That's right. Speaking of greats, if you are looking for great furniture, maybe you've got a bunch of people coming over this week and people are complaining about the couch. This couch sucks. This chair sucks. And you're like, F you. This food sucks.
1: I mean, (laughs) everything... Everything about this place sucks, You know, especially your furniture, that. especially that furniture.
0: You know, there's always somebody in the family that oh, just yeah. complains about everything. Well, here's what you do if someone complains about your furniture. You tell them to F off, and then you realize, oh, no, they're probably right. Like, maybe it is time for a new couch. And if you're Absolutely. looking for the highest quality furniture that you can find uh look no further than greatbluehairedfurniture.com a custom leather furniture company that started way back in the early 90s they've been around for longer than i've been alive they do great work heavy leathers hides fabrics ranging from traditional western to modern farmhouses this stuff is gorgeous it's also incredibly comfortable and it's also going to last you decades that's the best part right there like when you buy a piece from greatbluehairedfurniture.com you're buying something that's going to last you and your family decades if not Longer than that. This stuff is gorgeous and it's built to last. And hey, if you use the promo code Hook'em, you're going to get 15% off. They're going to have some Black Friday deals that I'll be telling you about later this week. But if you use the uh, promo code Hook'em right now, you'll get 15% off. Also, I will include a last stand hat with any purchase of a piece from Great Blue Heron Furniture com. There's a link in the uh, video description below if you're watching on YouTube. And, of course, if you're listening on the app, thank you very much. Uh, check out uh, greatbluehairandfurniture.com. dot com.
1: loving it. This is not the week to complain about anything. This is the week to be very thankful for what you have
0: oh. and the people that
1: you're going to get an opportunity to be around. Yes.
0: Of course. I agree a thousand percent. It really,
1: really is. I mean, I, there's Christmas is the one. Christmas is the, the disappointing one, and that generally happens with young kids that just don't understand, you know, they get, they get a gift that they're like, Oh, that's not what I wanted. Give it back. Give me that. Give me that back. You know, that's what, that's what happens. But yeah. that's why that's, that's why kids are kids. That's why they, they have a growing, a growing process to go through when they they'll accept anything that's given to them because it's given to you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's the one, but at Thanksgiving, I, I don't like any, I don't like a lot of BS at Thanksgiving. I like for people to be thankful to get to being able to be together with their relatives, you know, and and stuff like that, I always understand. I always understand the little ones at uh, at Christmas because I was probably one of those at one time or other. Oh, when, sure. I get, when I didn't get my Johnny Unitas helmet, I finally got that. There you go. Yeah, Johnny U, the big Johnny U with the single bar. That was my first, my first big gift as a kid.
0: That's awesome.
1: That was unbelievable. The white helmet with the with the with the blue uh, horseshoe.
0: Wow. Was it Single a full, barred. Full, oh. si- full size helmet or a mini helmet?
1: Oh, it was plastic, cheap ass plastic. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing I'm peeing into right now. Are you, you know? peeing
0: into your old Johnny Unitas helmet? <laughs> you, you really loved that. Hit,
1: didn't you? <laughs> it was plastic like that. And that thing, I think it was the first time I ran into a tree. I made a cut in the backyard, and I hit a tree with the helmet on, and things, like, cracked on the side.
0: Oh, might have saved your life, though. Probably. You're that tiny little plastic. That, oh, uh,
1: you're absolutely right. Was I was out dodging stuff, you know, kind of like being at Iowa State, like being at Ames in the dark. I ran <laughs> to hit that tree, and that thing just went. Shh.
0: Oh, my God. All right. Um, Longhorn Bear says, what happened to Dylan DeSue in the offseason? He got hurt in the tournament last year. Remember that?
2: That and foot injury.
0: They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Uh, I heard from somebody I talked to before the season started that said like Sue went to three or four different doctors and no one could figure out exactly what was hurting him. And finally, like the last doctor he went to was like, oh, here's the problem. So then DeSue had to have surgery and it fixed it, but the surgery happened way later than any of us wanted because they couldn't sure. diagnose exactly what the problem is. So he's still recovering from that off-season foot surgery. But uh, yeah, that's why his timeline was pushed back a little bit uh, I think by conference play we'll get the Sioux back, which you know conference play doesn't start until the turn of the year. So it, I still think the Sioux is going to be a while yes. before he returns. Rodney Terry was saying that he's starting to do some light running and a little bit of practicing, but uh, he is nowhere close to actually suiting up and, and playing significant minutes for this Texas basketball team. So yeah, a no, foot injury
1: uh, with a big man sucks anyway.
0: Sucks. Yeah. 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 And. Man, I mean, Texas still should have made the Final Four without the Sioux, but obviously you got to play the what-if game, right? What What would Texas have done? What could they have done if the Sioux was healthy? If they beat Miami, they would have played UConn. I don't know if UConn was losing to anybody, but I'll tell you what, UConn blew everybody out. They wouldn't have blown out a fully healthy Texas team. That would no. be a really, really good game. Uh, maybe Texas wins. Maybe UConn still wins and wins the natty. But, uh, man, that's an alternate universe, obviously. We would, uh, we would have loved to live in. All right, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Talked about the Texas offense, right? Only six points in the first half, no touchdowns in the first 30 minutes. Quinn Ewers was in a little bit of a rut. Obviously, you had two touchdowns called back because of penalties. Uh, you had the Xavier-worthy fumble in the red zone. It just Texas, uh, some of it was self-inflicted wounds. Some of it was the officiating. But it was a frustrating offensive first half for Texas. Then in the second half, they uh, they obviously turned it on, and they used that to ride to a victory. In Ames, here's Steve Sarkeesian talking about the offense in the second half.
3: Well, we just wanted to remain aggressive, um, and we felt like – we were starting to run the ball enough there to where we felt like the play pass could could come to life a little bit, uh, and then getting Gunner Helm out the back door for the touchdown pass. Uh, the guys just executed it be- beautifully. Protection was awesome. The two receivers in the boundary did a nice job of clearing that out, and then and then um, Gunner was able to come out the back door right there. But I thought probably even bigger than that, bigger than that drive was after they hit the long touchdown on fourth down to get the ball and then to possess the ball and to drive it down the field and to get that field goal, um, I thought was a really big drive in the game. And, and Bert Auburn, you know, does it, does it again, three for three, you know, with, with field goals and some big kicks, that kick at the end of the first half was, it was a heck of a kick, um, to just give us a little bit of life coming into the locker room to have the lead six to three. So, uh, like I said, all phases, in my opinion, today showed up, you know, your kicker goes three for three. You block an extra point, get two points there, um, and then even when we got pinned back, I thought every time we got pinned back, we found our way out of our own end and, and we weren't giving them just really good field position when we were getting pinned inside the ten.
1: Help oh. ball out of their own end. I thought they did a good, jo- good enough job. They didn't have those three and outs. They had a couple of sustained jo- uh, drives. BK and they flipped field position and let that defense come back on the field. Now, you'd have liked for them to have scored touchdowns, but as you said, the Auburn, the big field goal, that second field goal, that was key. That was money.
0: Yeah, I thought – that so, ball
1: down there and getting that done.
0: I thought Texas was damn near perfect offensively in the second half. Um, they had five drives. Three of them resulted in points. One of them was the drive to ice the game. Now, there was mm-hmm. one bad possession. There was one three and out where Texas, I think, lost a yard and had to punt the football right back to Iowa State. So it wasn't perfect because that drive obviously could have been better. But, yeah, two touchdowns, a huge field goal, like you said, that gave Texas a 10-point lead with not a lot of time left. And the way that game was going and the way Texas' defense was playing, you kind of figured that was going to be enough to get the job done. And sure enough, it was. Well, I just and- didn't want it
1: on the deep. I didn't want it on the secondary because, the de- because I said, oh, they're going to start throwing the ball. No. This kid's kind of having his way out there on the outside. or are throwing little fade routes. You know, can they please cover
0: the slant too? Yeah, that was it, that was annoying, right? And this second yes. just is what it is at this point. But um, yeah, uh, Rocco Beck, the Iowa State quarterback, was seventeen of nineteen for one hundred and seventy yards on attempts between zero and nine oh, yeah, 14 yards. Fourteen slants. Yeah. Well, those were, those were the stats from short throws from zero to nine yards, and we talked about that last week. Like that's what Iowa State does. They want to nickel and dime you. A lot of slants, a lot of flats, a lot of outs, just short throws, because you know they've got a redshirt freshman quarterback and they don't have a great offensive line, so they want to uh, get the ball out of their QB's hands as quickly as they possibly can. 14 of those 17 completions that I talked about were inside the hash. Like you, you were giving Rocco Beck a bunch of easy throws over the middle of the field, and uh, Texas's secondary players were playing so much outside leverage, it's like they oh, were. Yeah. They were worried about getting beat deep. And, look, Iowa State obviously took a couple of shots down the field, but really most of their offense, and I think we knew this coming in, was, no, they want those throws, short and intermediate routes over the middle of the field, and it just felt like Texas wasn't doing a great job defending those in the secondary.
1: Yeah, and I was waiting for somebody on the inside to give just a little bit of help. I was thinking, you know, they were – as I I thought, you know, pregame, BK, that somebody was going to time up one of those for a pick. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying, you know – they keep throwing that slant. Uh, you're going to find out. The Ford's going to look there and see one of those slants coming inside and walk in between that and go get them. But the outside leverage was so much that the guy only had to take one step and he was totally inside with his whole body right there.
0: Yep, a lot, a lot huge, of
1: slants. Yeah, just a huge target. I mean, make, it, make him have to be at least skinny going through there. And they were playing so so, so much outside. But they were afraid. They didn't want to get beat with the fade. That's what it was.
0: Right, right. Yeah, a lot of slants early, and then uh, the occasional screen or a crosser or a curl. They had a couple of well-designed plays. I'll, uh, I'll give Nate Shielhouse, their offensive coordinator, some credit. Uh, the touchdown that they had, both touchdowns that they had, I thought were pretty well-designed. Whatever goals. that was to
1: the tight end, those little screens coming underneath were, were done well.
0: Yeah, the screens over the middle to the tight ends were good. Obviously, the fourth and one touchdown where they had the little pop pass to Easton Dean, somebody blew a coverage, right? Somebody mm-hmm. on Texas was supposed to account for that guy and didn't. But still, uh, good play design, good execution. Rocco Beck sold the quarterback run really, really well. And uh, Texas was obviously selling out to stop the run on fourth and short. And that was a good touchdown. And then the other touchdown that they had was also a really well-designed play and a perfectly thrown ball by Rocco Beck. He was rolling right through like a, a nice sort of wheel route fade uh, mm-hmm. to one of the backs, and he made a nice over-the-shoulder catch. So uh, give Iowa State credit. Texas' secondary is still a little bit of an issue, but I won't complain too much about the defense. They gave up 16 points, and for as bad as the secondary was, they did force another takeaway. How about Jaron Thompson? who's oh, yeah. been much maligned over the yes, course of it was the a season, great play. And deservedly so. You, you kind of said at some point somebody in the Texas secondary was going to undercut a yes. ball and make a play, and it was Jaron Thompson. And that was huge because that was the first play. Let me make sure I have my timeline right. I know that was the first play of a drive. Oh, that was right after the punt. So I said it. Texas had one bad drive in the second half, three plays for one yard. They gave the ball right back to Iowa State, and it was uh, a close game at the time. I think it was 17-13 at the time. Or excuse me, seventeen to nine at the time, and yeah, Iowa State gets the ball back. The first play, they, to, that. they try to take a shot, kind of deep down the field, and Jaron Thompson makes a tremendous, tremendous play on the football, and it got Texas the ball back. And the Longhorns, three plays later, scored a touchdown to take a two-score lead.
1: Yeah, you need that for him. He needs that for his psyche because he'd been struggling during this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, big moment for him. Uh, and he he had some interceptions early in the season. It just kind of felt like things started turning for Jaron Thompson in a oh, bad. Yeah. In Dallas, right? He had that drop pick in the end zone against OU early in that game, and then it it felt like since that moment he just hasn't been the same player. Not to say that he was, you know, Michael Huff back there before this year. No,
1: but that guy was a starter, had played well back there before.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's kind of felt like a regression this season from uh, from number twenty eight. But yeah, massive, massive play at a massive, massive point in the game. That was a turning point for Texas. So yeah, for the secondary. That's that's what they need to be at this point. They're not elite. They're not going to be elite this season. They're going to give up yards. Uh, they're going to make you mad. They're going to want to. Uh, they're going to want to make you rip your hair out at some times. But if they can just have a couple of those plays, I mean, Michael Taff has had a few picks. Jared Thompson sure. has had a few picks. If they can just have a couple of splash plays, those takeaways, uh, that's going to be enough because this D line is obviously really really good, and uh, you know the offense is is doing just enough right now too to to, uh, to make sure this team is winning some football games.
1: Well, and and I'm as I as hopefully C.J. Baxter is okay because he he looks like he can he's going to get better with every game. He just he just will, you know. And and the way they blocked for those guys on Saturday was one of the better running games uh, performed by that offensive line. I thought they did a good job getting after getting after some double teams. And that three man front wasn't holding up. It just it wasn't holding up. They were in the laps of uh of the linebackers. They had a lot of safeties having to make plays. In the run game. And C.J. Yeah. Baxter was just – he was just, you know, away from making some really big, big runs once he got outside too. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think C.J. Baxter's longest run was 21 yards and, man, he, he, if he made one more guy miss, that could have been yes. a big run. Like oh, yeah, he, he was, he
1: he, and he was close on others, too. Yep. He left a little
0: bit. Yeah, he averaged six yards of carry, over 100 yards. He, he played great, and that's all any of us, I think, could have ever asked for.
1: And I'll tell you this. He's a one-cut kind of guy. He's not going to fake out three guys in the open field. He's not going to stop, start again. Because once he gets that big body, you know, that 225 going, 6'2", 225, or close to it, or after this Thanksgiving, he'll be there. Not
0: that big? No, he's like 218, 219, not two twenty-five.
1: Okay, but after this weekend, after he's Thanksgiving,
0: fat. no, he's, he's not. He's fat. Be Gundy treatment. He's fat.
1: No, no, no. He if if he can get those combo misses, he'll be he'll be really really special. Right now, he's still he's a one cut guy, and that's fine for a young guy. Just take care of the ball, make that one cut. Yep. Because he's going to fall forward, and he's going to now hit you, and you're going to feel the you're going to feel how big he is now I I like that plus the offensive line they understand what they have to do they have to continue to run and they're going to have to make some plays themselves
0: I thought the O-line was great and did too. Cole Hudson give him some credit coming in for the injured DJ Campbell I thought he was uh, really really good yeah once again four sacks but three of those I would argue were on Quinn Ewers yeah
1: Uh, did he seem slow was he he just was he trying to go through progressions there holding on just too long
0: yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I think though Saturday is another game that shows you the maturation of Quinn Ewers because, you know, last year when he got off the bad starts, he just he couldn't figure it out. Right? True. he couldn't turn things yeah. around. And a bad start would just avalanche into a bad game. Uh, but you know, quarters two through four, especially in the second half. But I'll even give him credit for the way he played in the second quarter. He was a different guy. So to do that yeah. on the road against the number one total defense in the conference, uh, big time from Quinn Ewers and. Thank God that guy is, uh, is healthy enough to play. Clearly not 100%, but thank God he's healthy enough to play because uh, he gives this team the best chance to win. For sure. All right. It is uh, 10 o'clock, which means we are done for the day. Of course, we'll be talking plenty more Texas football and college football and NFL football and uh, basketball and so much throughout the course of these next few days. Once again, we've got shows through Wednesday here on Texas Sports Unfiltered and a pre- and post-game show on Friday as well. But it's not just us. Of course, we've got our guys coming on right now. Double R and Wags with a little Chaos Theory from uh, 10 to noon, a two-hour edition Ooh. of Chaos Theory today. What's up, gentlemen? Can you guys hear me?
4: A deuce. Um, so a deuce. I have lost all my permissions somehow. Like, I can't see any. Same thing happened to
5: me. I, I got it, Wags. <laughs> it don't right, worry.
4: Right. I-, I
5: got it. Same thing happened to me. We got that figured out. We got, got that you. figured out.
4: Yep. hey well, hey bucky going great then <laughs> yep. i mean i was getting ready, getting ready to come in here and well, i have all kinds of chaos for the theory but yeah I mean, fuck, everything looks like it's good
5: no it's a so so bucky you were talking about your uh johnny U, your johnny U helmet uh, oh back yeah in the, day. the old plastic one
4: starbock
5: oh, come on
1: look at that two bars I go get
5: it off the wall my man look at that two
1: bars so how is that plastic? Is that plastic? Can that plastic take a hit? Not really. It?
5: Yeah, right. You need brain vault times out?
2: They don't it like that anymore.
5: Yeah, they, this is uh yeah, uh large uh, Rawlings. Rawlings wow. uh, ma- manufactured uh in 10 of 1979. And I don't I had, think uh,
1: mine's was Rawlings. I think mine's was Woolworths.
0: <laughs> Who? Woolworth. I mean, you don't Wilco. even know what a Woolworth store Wilco. is. Yeah, yeah, that's not a real thing. It is. No way, dude. Woolworths uh,
1: had the best store for pets. You could go in there and buy snapping turtles. The whole world. I used to get. I used to get turtles and then let them loose in the in my bathtub when I was a kid. Yeah. Woolworths had everything. They had iguanas.
0: <laughs> you could buy a an iguana and a Johnny Unitas football helmet in the same place. Oh yeah, guys. There, there was a store.
5: And, well, and and I, I don't know. Some of the, some of the Houston people may remember this, but there was one in San Marcos. You got to remember, I grew up in Lockhart. We didn't have anything. We had a Gibson's. We finally got a Walmart, but we would, we would drive to San Marcos okay. and there was, there was a department store, kind of one of those things called Whackers. Can you imagine really? having that name these days? Yeah, well,
1: You could get anything at Woolworths. The only thing I couldn't do is I couldn't go and have an ice cream soda at the counter in the back. It was, no <laughs> coloreds allowed. You couldn't. Oh. If this was in North Carolina. This is. It's now a civil rights museum. I could not go back there and sit. And in, in the '60s, when I was a kid, I couldn't go sit back there. I'd go to Woolworths, and people would be having grilled cheese sandwiches with chips and stuff. I couldn't go back there and sit with other people back there. That's that's where Sad. I grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. At that time, I was in the '60s, brother. That's that's that was that was that was it crazy, my heart, you, man. You know how hard I wanted, you know how bad I wanted to have my ice cream soda? I'm watching everybody. Can I go sit there? No, dude, you can't even sit there. I grew up in the times where you couldn't go. I had to go at the movie theaters, I had to go upstairs. I couldn't be at the lower level. I sat up in the balcony.
4: Well, I'm glad yeah. we've uh I'm glad we've grown as a as a country
0: and as a nation. In a, in a way we have. In a way, You're in a way we have a lot of growing we still need to do. Yeah, yes, we right. still
1: need to do and What a great week to grow, guys, for Thanksgiving. I'm glad you guys right. gonna be around family and BK's down there with his family. And you know, I've got my daughters uh, that'll be going out to their families and you know, will be my wife will be going out and serving some of the the, the folks that need it. We'll be headed to the bridges on Thursday and if awesome. you can be with your kids and be with your family, there is nothing better on Thanksgiving. Christmas, right. Christmas is different. It's about you know people just don't have the kind of money they used to have. So Christmas, just,
5: yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, but
1: Thanksgiving, that. everybody should be able to find a meal. Mm-hmm. Everybody right. should there's there shouldn't be no one without a meal, and there should nobody in in our area that should be hungry. And I know the Austin area food bank, Central Texas, does a great job, and I support them with everything I can. But man, just to go out in the streets and throw some some uh, uh, some turkey sandwiches with some cookies from Costco this week and a tangerine and some chips. Man, that's going to be, that's, that makes my day. Right. That my day will be made. Then get my ass back and sit on the couch and watch football. That's good, it. that's a good day for me.
5: That's
0: right. Amen, I'm brother. glad
1: you guys are with your families. That's right. Same
0: here, Buck. Love it. All right, guys. All right. Uh, smash. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bucky, you Galveston? Yeah. Yeah. Bucky do not even say bye anymore. He just says smash. Slam or slam slam. I might
4: it's... be, I might be seeing you down there in Galveston. I don't, so we have we have plans for Galveston and we have plans for South Padre. We just gotta decide which one to cancel. For this week? Yeah, for this week. She's made
5: Damn. Well, hey, come can, on. can I have whichever one you don't take? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to
4: Lockhart, dude.
5: I, sure I mean you know,
4: Michigan in Ohio not- State looked like it was gonna be fantastic right here from the, the Tom McKay Audiovisual Consultation Studio. So Dude,
0: if y'all make it down here, hit me up. If y'all need yes, a place to, sure. to eat on Thursday, seriously. I wouldn't do that to your family, but I appreciate that. I, thank w- you. I would need you. There's 35 people. I wouldn't do it to you. I feel like an a-hole inviting oh. you, but oh. also I need, I need people. You're in I, trouble. Okay. I need people I like. Just kidding. I love all of them because <laughs> some of them are watching right now. I love them all. Uh, and I love you guys too. And I, I love you too, brother. I'll man. be listening. you on the, the next